We are now live. Wait, but you got to start this. Yeah. Well, let's start it. Starts it starts right here. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 115. 115. What's up? Live in the house. So happy to see you guys here. Um, how's it going, guys? How are you doing? How's it going out there in the real world? Yeah. So I appreciate those of you that are here on a Saturday night. You know, because you could be doing all kinds of other fun things, but you decided to hang out with us. Yes. And you know, it's it's kind of crazy because I'm pretty sure the last time we went live, we had uh, like confetti. Was that on the live? I we think? had confetti. We had balloons. We we had, you know, it was a celebration. It was our 100th episode. That's so it's true. been 15 episodes since the last live. That's right. But we're so happy to see you guys here. Uh, so yeah, man. And this is, I'm really excited because not only are we doing live where we get some interaction with you guys, we can hopefully answer some awesome questions uh, and, and just kind of hear what's going on in your world. Uh, but also it's like an update episode and you know, I love those. No, I know. Wow. Your voice just started going higher octaves on that yeah, one. That's that's what happens when you get excited. Sometimes <laughs> you talk down here. Sometimes right. you just get excited. You gotta have that late night DJ voice. Yeah, I got to work on that. All right. So, hey, so, yeah. So, this is a podcast episode. Those of you who listen podcasts, welcome. Those of you that are on the YouTube live right now, welcome. And by the way, if you have any questions, any comments you want to share, uh, feel free to do that in the chat. We'll be pulling some of those up and answering questions as we go along. So, yeah. we're going to try to record an episode, but this is, you know, Gary V has his latest title to the show. It's called Interrupted by Gary V. So, this is going to be... Our version of I feel like we've gone like interrupted by Pierce the Podcast. Like ten episodes without hearing about Gary Vee. I'm impressed. Hey, you know what? I just your boy. I, 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 I was starting no, to think not, maybe you were slipping there. a little we're, bit. We're not like, going maybe there. he wasn't your boy anymore. But all right, back. hey, people love the update episode. Sure, I, I I definitely believe that. Thank you, Anna, for saying that. Um, all right, so appreciate those that you showed up. Hey, somebody said they just caught our notifications, and so that's how they showed hey, up. It's working. Oh, and just so you guys know, I, I've, I've heard that notifications on eBay have changed just a little bit, so this is a good time just to bring this up. Um, there's actually multiple notifications you have to hit. Uh, so when you click the bell... You mean eBay or YouTube? Did I say eBay? You said eBay. Okay. See, eBay so, on the mind. Yeah, I know. Always thinking about eBay. But YouTube has had some uh, notification changes, so... Uh, if you're subscribed to us and you want to hit the notification, there's multiple ones you have to click and there's a specific one. I don't know all the details, but one of them lets you know when we're going to go live because uh, you never know. This might start happening more frequently. So Yeah, no, I know. Re I really enjoy doing it. And one of the reasons we did this has been super busy and we we have a couple interviews we're trying to lock down, but we thought, you know what? Why don't we just go live because we love engaging with all of you. So it's going to be great. All right. So real quick, what's going on, Mike? Man, so uh, I actually did not go garage selling today, which... Uh, would normally be a big bummer because I love going garage selling on Saturdays. But from what I saw from your uh, uh, from your post today, it wasn't super great out there in, in our area. But I just got back from sixth grade camp teaching uh, these sixth graders. And we went to this camp and it was like pretty much a week away from uh, the world. Right. Which was kind of cool to get a break. But it was neat because inside of my cabin, I still had Wi-Fi. And while I was there... I would still be getting notifications like, oh, that just sold. I made $150. Oh, look, that just sold, right? Like, nice. so even while I'm like sleeping in a cabin, doing work away from my eBay business, I'm still making money on my eBay sales. So it was pretty sweet. That's it's awesome. A good, it's a good feeling. Okay. So what, did you try to list at all? I didn't do any listing. My wife definitely did some listing while I was gone, uh, which is great. I mean, it's nice. Whenever you can have a team, obviously, that's, that's the dream, right? If you can do that. Uh, but I didn't do any listing while I was there. But I did do some arbitrage, and I'll bring that up in my random story because, man, I had, I have the craziest story. I feel like it's the craziest story that I'll bring up. And it was from some Facebook marketplace arbitrage that I did on the bus ride to camp. So, oh, that's good. I know. That's great. So, right? Okay. 
All right, what hey, about you? Well, okay, before I start, I wanted to share something, though, because so Eric's a college picker. He had mentioned that. Has anybody noticed? And we're going to pull it up on the screen here. Oh, did we just do? Oh, we just deleted it, baby. Sorry, Eric. No, we didn't. You're no, it's on there somewhere. So as you know, I've been talking on Instagram lately all about the fact of, you know, if there's playoff gear, make sure to list it. Right. So scroll up and scroll the other way. All right. And so right now, if you have any, any, uh, I'm trying to remember who's in the playoffs. If you have any Chiefs or 49ers in the Super Bowl, Chiefs or 49ers gear, definitely list it. So Eric just said, anyone else notice a pop in 49ers stuff? I wonder why. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. That's a great point. So if you're listening to the podcast, you're going to be still having time to list these items. And I wanted to share this. It's kind of the update because I've had some 49er stuff sell. And it's kind of interesting because I grew up in the Bay Area. And when I was young, so, you know, you know how you get like there's a really cool clothes, but then your parents don't have enough money and they get you like the secondary. Right. Or they don't know and they think they got you something that's really cool, but it's not it. Right. So growing up, there was two sets of 49ers jackets. There was a starter and there was chalk line. And when, where I grew up, like chalk line wasn't cool. Okay. Like it wasn't like the brand to get. Now, starter was like the fire brand. Like everybody got the starter, you know, from the gangsters to the OGs to just the, you know, just the people that like to dress up. And so what ended up happening is, you know, my mom who really cared for me and, and my, my good buddy who, you know, she also tried to help them out a little bit, bought us both chalk line 49ers jackets because they're big 49ers fans. And we were like, I think we were like 10 or something. And we're like, ah, oh, like these aren't the starter it's ones. Not the ones you wanted. They, they weren't yeah. the ones we wanted. Right. So I'm like, what, what is going on? Right. And so, you know, I don't know what we did with those jackets. I wish I kept them because you know how much they're selling for right now? Hmm. So back then, I think my mom paid, this is like 1992 or 93, paid probably, I don't know, 40, 50 bucks. And right now, Eric, Eric said this right now, the college picker on the feed, the spell out gold jacket, it's at four to $500. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I know I had one too. Like the, I think it's the same one, like the gold with like the red lettering, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I was a huge 49ers fan because my dad was, and I haven't really been into to football recently uh, just because I don't have the time for it. But watching, I watched the game as the Niners were making it into the Super Bowl. And that was kind of cool. It's like, you know, some of my roots coming back, like, yeah, super excited. Uh, but yeah, to think like all of that old stuff that I had, you know, probably, you know, didn't appreciate it back then. It's like, man, I wonder how much money that stuff's worth now. Yeah. Oh, it's money. Bucks. If yeah. you can find the reversible, there's a sweet one that's black and gold, mm. like down the middle and it's reversible. Those are like $700, $900 right now. Wow. So that's our bolo. If <laughs> you can find those at anywhere, because right now I'm pretty sure you can. And actually it's a hustle of the week in our future uh, Wednesday episode we're dropping. Nice. So. And you know, that's, what's really cool when you think about like, if you're in an area that's saturated with that stuff like right now and part of it is because the chargers left san diego but in san diego there you, you just like anywhere you go there's charger stuff like just like charger 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 chargers everywhere and you know it's kind of a saturated market doesn't sell but i can just imagine if all of a sudden they made it to the super bowl even san diego charger stuff would probably start selling even if it said san diego on oh, it. oh no i agree i agree and, that, and that's what's happening right now so i do have one jacket that if it sells i'm definitely going to talk about it because it's not starter it's not chalk line it's it's a brand that was not cool at all back then mm. so i'm gonna wait and share about that so all right hey uh so anything else you'd like to share like some people had said uh eclectic elephant it said sounds like a great week working and getting to have fun uh and you know they're also teaching too so 
you know, we got some teachers in the feed too that can kind of relate to what's going on yeah. here. And so, uh, and also doing Uber and, and trying to go full time. Hey, that that's hey, a hustle. You got to be hustling. I mean, it's kind of funny. I was wearing this shirt today and I was out and about and some people were asking me like, hey, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I'm a teacher. And and then they're like, yeah, you do some videography too, right? Because they knew that I did that. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, what's that shirt you're wearing? I'm like, oh, it's this podcast that I do. Oh, what's the podcast about? Oh, I do this reselling. And and it's like, yeah, if you're a hustler and I know all of you guys in the feed are like, you, you have so many side gigs, right? Like that's just a part of who you are. And it's, sometimes it's kind of hard to explain to people like, what do you do for a living? You're like, well, everything kind of, right? Actually, that happened today. I was garage selling the very first stop. So this part of my update. Garage shows were terrible. I'm just going to throw it out there. Just mm. tear the terrible. So if you, catch in, if you catch the Instagram story from today, you'll notice it was terrible. But the very first stop I made, it was people I knew. And that's that's the worst mm. because, you know, number one, you know that your haggling like is out the window. Yep. Right. Because, you know, you don't you don't want to lowball people. I don't know. I Would you lowball somebody you knew? It depends on it depends on how close you know them. And I always think like, is this like an ongoing relationship, right? Like if it's just like somebody you knew at one point in life, I'm gonna I'm gonna I try to treat everybody fairly. So I'm not gonna like treat them differently. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not like I I'm I'm normally like pressuring people to the point that's unfair. Um, but if there's like somebody I know really close and it's like, hey, you know, you could probably sell this, you know what I mean? Like I, it would just depend. Like I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy something from my my uncle right that he could sell for a bunch of money and i'm gonna pick it up for five bucks like but if it's just somebody i know like eh, you know okay I don't know. i'm interested so those of you on the chat let us know would you walk away from a garage sale if it was somebody you knew would that be too awkward for you i'm just interested so i'll share with you the rest of my story yeah, how hard do you haggle people you know okay so i got two stories in one all right so the first one is today i showed up and automatically I was like, oh, this isn't good. Like, they're like, hey, and I haven't seen them for a long time. So they don't know. They still think I'm a school administrator. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I kind of, I dress for success at the garage sales. And, you know, I've talked about my attire, Ugh. right? I don't, when he says that, he means he, uh, he, he gets as sloppy as he can get. Well, yeah, I don't dress to the nines because, you know, I'm not, I don't want to show up in my Lambo at a garage sale. Right. So, you know, it's already awkward enough. And they're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, good. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to buy anything from you guys. They're like, why not? I'm like, it's going to be kind of awkward. And I just was flat out with it. I said, I'm going to offer you the lowest price. Mm. Now, hey, that kind of goes back to our negotiating book, right? Of like doing the audit, the, the what, is, what was it called? The self-audit? Yeah, the, the, yeah. It was an accusation audit where accusation. you're like, look, if we do this, I'm going to be a jerk and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get a good deal out of you. That's kind of a way to actually break the ice and make it kind of, Okay, right? That's a good negotiating skill. Yeah, no, I agree. So, so this relates to another story. So, anyways, luckily there was nothing. I mean, mm -hmm. if there was something, I probably would have would have haggled somebody. Okay, so Emmy Marnett says that's a hundred percent walk away for mm -hmm. me, and I totally get that. Totally get that. Yep. So, I had an awkward situation when I was still an administrator. I went somewhere, and it was a Harley Hall, like Harley stuff all over the place. And then I went to check out and they're like, oh, you know, and they call me by my last name. They're like, oh, Mr. So-and-so, you don't have to pay us. And they got really awkward. So I, this, is what I, this is how I responded. I said, well, here's the thing. If you don't pay me right now, you know, it's going to get awkward because what if your son gets in trouble one day? Like, is this going to come back? Like, I'm just, I'm just being real with you. And so we agree. And she goes, you know what? Just pay me a dollar and we're good. Mm. I'm like, all right. So just remember, if anything goes down... 
Like, we're good, right? We're good. Yeah, conflict of interest, man. You got to be careful. I know. That. that That's exactly what it was. So I paid her a dollar. I probably made like two two to three hundred bucks on that haul, which oh. made it even more awkward. Cause, and I was like, I'm I'm not looking forward to the day when they go, hey, how did it go with all that stuff? Now, maybe they want to care. There's some people that are just happy that they got rid of stuff, right? But there's other people that are kind of like, oh, you did, huh? And they get super awkward. Yeah. I mean, we're built in for fairness, right? If you make a deal and it's like, Hey, I'll pay you $10 for this. And they're happy for it. Going back to the negotiation book. And then all of a sudden they find out you made a million dollars. They're all of a sudden not going to be happy with that $10 deal they made. Right. So, uh, that fairness thing, even though it's emotional base, like, you know, you gotta be careful with that for show. For show. <laughs> all right. And so I, you know, on the, on the, you know, on the things you look forward to it, it's kind of like you disconnected and you're looking forward to getting back. So are you, are you still like, are you refreshed? Are you like, Hey, I'm ready to go back in. Yeah. I mean, I, I took today off because I, I've just, you know, been away from family for a week. Um, I, I came home. First thing I did is hug my wife and it was like, yep, not going garage selling tomorrow. Right. Oh. Just Cause it's like, I, I, there's no way I can leave family. But the nice thing was, um, you know, okay. So kind of going on to my random story, which what kind of made it okay that I didn't have to Okay, go all right. to garage sales today. So while I'm going on the 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 bus ride up, I decide, you know what? I'm going to do some Facebook marketplace arbitrage since we've kind of talked about, you know, like it's an easy thing to do when you can't do anything else, right? When you're kind of like in a stuck place, it's like might as well have a few niches you're looking up. And so I've got this niche and I'm looking up some items and uh, I'm not going to say specifically what it was, but it was a set of something and there's several of them. And it's like pretty unique. I haven't seen other people selling anything like this on Facebook before. And so I'm like, all right, he's asking $200 for the set. I'm just going to reach out to him and say like, Hey, would you be willing to take less? Right. I didn't give a number. I was just like, would you be willing to take less just to see what he would come back with? Uh, the response that came back with the message was, um, I could do 175, but I'm firm on that. I can't go any lower. Like I know these will sell. I'm getting a lot of people asking about them and I'm like, okay, then I use the negotiation tactic we talked about, we talked last week on our episode, right? So it was give a range, right? So give a range. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to pay 175, like 175. I'd still probably make really good profit, but like, I don't know. I want to see if I could talk him down a little bit more than this. So I was like, and if nothing else, if I lose this deal, I could at least practice this, <laughs> this, this strategy, maybe to be an hey, Instagram post or something. We're walking you know? what we're saying. Yeah, we're so, walking what we're talking. So I was like, good. So my response was, you know what? Honestly, like, thank you for working with me and being willing to go lo lower. Um, however, like my budget to buy these items is between 125 and 150. Right. And so I give them that number. I say 125 to 150. And knowing that by giving that range, instead of just saying I could do 150, Right. Because if I had said I could do 150, maybe he'd have came back and said, like, how about 160? Yeah. yeah. But by saying I I could do 125 to 150, oh, you did the range. I gave the range. Right. And so then that makes 150 a lot more appealing to him, but he rejected it. Right. He's like, no, I'm firm on 175. I'm going to sell it on eBay. And I almost responded with, you know, eBay fees, PayPal fees. Mm -hmm. Right. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go silent. Like, I know he he gave me his deadline too. That's another thing we talked about. He's yeah. all these are going up on Sunday. So if he you goes, have no idea what we're talking about, though, check our level up review, the last one we did, because yep. this is everything we talked about. And Mike's actually making I, it I happen. Used it. I was like, I'm gonna use it all in one thing. So he gave me his deadline. He's all these are going up next Sunday. So I knew I had some time because it's like Tuesday, right? When I'm driving up and I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna go quiet. So I go quiet, and he ends up messaging me this morning. And he says, you know what? I talked about it with my wife and I was thinking about it. And I know there's fees and stuff on eBay. 
I can do 140 if you want to come pick them up. My range was 125 to 150, and he chose 140. He didn't even go one. I offered him $150 (laughs) for these items, and he was like, no, no, no. 140 and they're yours after saying 175 firm, right? Like I was like, I expected the, that's the, incredible. That's, yeah. That's I, I expected the range to work to the point where he would come in at the highest end 150. Cause I basically locked in like, this is my number. It would have been more if I'd have been like, I can give you $151 and 23 cents. Like we talked about, but I said 150 and he went with 140. I don't even know where he got that number from, but he just picked the number in my range. It was crazy. So uh, it's pretty awesome because I'm probably going to be able to sell these, you know, make like two or $300 net profit off of it, which, you know, sometimes you do a lot better on a, a Saturday garage selling, but for doing nothing other than now just having to drive and pick them up, a couple of messages back and forth. So, hey, give that a try, use the range and it might be worthwhile. That, you know, I got to tell you, I got to hats off to you, man. That That's legit. Because, you know, sometimes we talk about this and we talk about how hard it is to intentionally mm-hmm. implement. You made it happen. <laughs> the thing is, you're better than Chris Voss on this one because you went lower. He went lower than the range on this one. Yeah, I can't believe that. So Marco says, I feel like most people lie when they say they're going to uh, throw something up on eBay. I think you're right. I think a lot of people do. And I think some people just don't know. And so it might be worthwhile to say, um, hey, like there will be eBay fees, you know, like are you used to doing shipping? It's going to cost you money to ship. You're willing to take the pictures and to wait. Um, So you can push that. Hey, this is harder than you think to sell on eBay. But yeah, I think some people, some people lie. when you, when you offer somebody money, the loss aversion that they have of like, hey, I'm going to lose this money potential. uh, It's pretty, it's, it's big. So offering that money and then going quiet, they're like, I could lose this 150. Maybe I can make more on eBay, but are they really going to do it? You're right. Probably most people lie. (laughs) <laughs> most people lie. Let's go with almost. I, basically, it's their own form of negotiation when mm. they do that. You know what I mean? All right. Hey, real quick. want to acknowledge Texas Treasures. Thanks so much for the $2 super chat. I don't know if we can pull them oh, up real oh. quick. There we go. Hey, hey thanks so yo. much. And they had mentioned also that somebody had told us about this podcast. And I think they're teaching. Let us know if I got that incorrect. But hey, appreciate it. We love providing the, con- the content. And I also want to acknowledge... Two very awesome people that are in the chat making sure that all the comments are legit. I want to acknowledge so quick, ship quick, Tiffany and Hugo. They are sourcing at this moment and catching the live. So hopefully, yeah. like you said, we bring you some luck, which I don't know if we're known for bringing luck on sourcing opportunities, <laughs> but best of luck to you while you're sourcing. Yeah. And and uh, Texas Treasures, um, I'm hoping to go to Texas some point this summer and do some thrifting out there. So uh uh, yeah, I'll be in your territory. Hopefully there's some good treasures out in Texas. It's such a big state though. You could be like in Laredo or you could be in Houston. It's, there, I'm sure there's a lot of opportunity out there. Yeah. So, all right. So or if, if you have any questions, by the way, we're really willing to entertain questions. If you have questions towards the, I see some questions in the chat, but if you have a question for us, just say, Hey, PHP, and then just throw out your question. Cause we also want to engage with you guys during this podcast too. Yeah, that's so, right. All right. Random stories. Oh, I just gave mine. Oh, you did? Okay. So I have two. Are you ready to listen to two? Yeah. I think this is my fourth story in this podcast. Yeah. I was going to say like, you know, hopefully they're like very good and and pithy and nice. I'm just kidding. All right. You do your. (laughs) You do you. Okay. So I I posted this on Instagram and, you know, we always talk about, you know, do you share or should you engage in social media? And we've talked about the right kind of sharing, right? And the wrong kind of sharing. And, uh, you know, the right kind of sharing is things that bring value to others, not just 
giving them straight up like, hey, here's exactly the retail store you should go to, blah, blah, blah. Instead, it's, you know, documenting, right? Because documenting is a big deal about what we do. And the reason that we document is we're learning Right. But we also want to help others that are, you know, coming up as resellers. And and there are some experienced resellers that we all learn from, but they also learn from us because they're like, hey, we never thought about that. And we get those comments all the time. And so Mike and I are very big on documenting. So on Instagram and those of you that follow us on Instagram, you already know this kind of the story. But, you know, I went to uh, our, our local store that should not be named. Mm-hmm. Right. And. I went in there and I, it's crazy because I've been finding good stuff there lately. So uh, maybe Mike hasn't been going. So, which is, which is okay. Um, no, I've actually, it's funny cause I've gotten a, a few good things and I, I stopped by yesterday when I got back, I took my son just real quick. We had to run an errand. So I was like, let's just run into the thrift store. And I was like, man, this place has been cleaned out. <laughs> maybe and I cleaned I it out. Why. Well, but here's the thing. So I go and I'm I'm searching through everything and I'm finding good things. And I found a pair of Toy Story vans, which those are pretty cool. And they actually say Andy on the bottom. Like, and you know, nice. I picked them up for $12 and they're probably going to flip from for, I want to say 60 to 80 once I get them cleaned up a little bit. But what ended up happening here was while in my excitement about ooh, what's going ooh, on, all right, chat. real quick, what's just want to say thank you, Mark Allen for the four ninety nine super chat from Simi Valley. Yeah. So Cal, Hey, hopefully maybe you'll be able to make it to yeah. the meetup. So in March, we're still working on the details, but in March, we're hoping to do a pure as a podcast meetup and maybe do a little bit of collab with eBay, get some eBay swag. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what happens. All right. So back to the story. So I go there and I completely miss this pair of, CrossFit Legacy Lifters. Have you ever seen those? They're like lifting shoes, but I didn't know yep. CrossFit made lifting shoes. Oh, yeah. Shoes. Yeah. The flat, they're like flat-feeted, like flat-footed. There's <laughs> flat-feeted. They're flat-footed so that like you can lift without having to worry about like any arch support because when you're lifting heavy weights, you don't want that. They look very similar to like wrestling shoes a lot of times. Okay. Yep. And so I've, I've picked up like, I think it's Innovate and I've picked up some other lifting shoes, but I've never seen CrossFit shoes. So while I'm doing this, I look down and I pick up these Toy Story shoes and I walk away. Immediately while I put, when I post the IG story, I get all these DMs. Hey, Orlando, you missed this. You missed these shoes. You missed these shoes. And it was all pointing to these CrossFit legacy lifters. Mm. And I'm like, wow, like people actually want to help. Like that's one of the things I keep telling people on, on social media, like engage others because you never know when it's going to literally pay off. Yeah. And so the next day, you know, I'm getting more of these. And I'm sourcing at our other store that we really love going to. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop by the store. And it's been 24 hours. But, you know, I'm like, hey, who knows? Maybe they're still there because they were there before. Nobody picked them up. I show up. And you remember this because I shared this when I showed up at the podcast last week. I remember I had those gold and black. Yep. uh, And those were the CrossFit Legacy lifters, right? I didn't do any research. Then after I pick them up, everybody in DMs are like, those weren't the shoes we told you about, but those are even better. Huh. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, that's pretty awesome. And so I'm like, huh, I wonder what these are. I search. Here's the thing. There were no comps on eBay, which is kind of weird. Hmm. I search on therapy. There was like one. But then I, I, you know, you Google. So if you're ever trying to find stuff that you can't find comps on and you can't see them on therapy, just Google the name as close as you can and then do an image search and you keep going until you find that image. Right. And sometimes it'll lead you to like a pick click. I think it's a site and that takes you to eBay 
or sometimes it might take you to a random site. So it took me to like a site of somebody who was doing reviews on weightlifting shoes. So it was pretty awesome because from that site, I also picked up keywords that I can use in my listing. Oh, nice. So I listed those on Wednesday last week and they sold by Friday. I paid $18. They sold for $90 plus shipping. Hey. And so, you know, I, that's the resale community. That I would have walked away and never known about those shoes at all. Speaking of reselling community, I'm going to say I'm a little bit jealous that you picked up those Warhammer pieces. Oh, <laughs> because okay. those are those. Let's, are the give, let's of give some context because not everybody follows us on, on the social. So I'm like, I'm the board game guy, like the niche board game. And I love I'm like obsessed with like miniature stuff, like any kind of like Warhammer's great or like Dungeons and Dragon miniatures. And I almost never find it. And it, it's not stuff that I, I buy for myself. Like I usually flip the stuff that I get um, if I if I do find it, unless it's a game that I play. Uh, but like I would have loved to have, not have sold, but like to own those Warhammer pieces and like painted them and done them. But I would never buy them for myself. It's one of those things which is not worth it to me to buy because I don't play that game very much. Um, but it's like you found them for five dollars a box. Yeah. So what happened right is I found three boxes new and sealed for five ninety nine. And they were from they're about 18 years old, I think. They're yeah, they were like original Warhammer, not 40k. It was like Warhammer. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. know the difference. So yeah. I got, you know, I got a lesson out of it too. Yep. So so yeah, three sealed boxes of uh Night Goblin Regiment, and then another one, which I think is an older one, but it was open, but everything is complete in the box. Nice. So I listed them high and they may be a hustle of the week, so stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, they would be. Yeah, especially because they're old Warhammer. I mean, Warhammer 40K is like a really big game right now, but the kind of the game that came before that was just Warhammer um, and it's a little bit different. I think it's discontinued now. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 if you can find that kind of stuff, any honestly, any kind of those niche board game stuff, if, you, if you're not following us and you don't like already know that that's, that's a bolo to be looking out for, I highly recommend you pick those up. Uh, obviously do your research, but that kind of stuff, it always sells, so... It's really good. All right. So I got another story, but I want to do a shout out and I wanted to answer some questions here real quick. So, hey, real quick. Hey, Ronnie Hart is in the feed. He's Hart Speakers. If you're not following him, subscribe to him on YouTube along with Sell Quick, Ship Quick and uh, Eric, the college picker. You should. He knows his clothing. We're going to have him on the podcast. He doesn't know this yet, but hey, Ronnie, we want to have you on the podcast. Hey, you don't know this, but you're already on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we'd love to interview because he definitely has. He's one of those people that like. You watch the videos, you're like, what? I never even heard of that brand. What? You can really sell mm. that for that much. So anyways, check him out. Has a lot of knowledge. All right. We have a question on that. Uh, Byron says, hey, PHP, what do you think sending orders without tracking does that affect my seller rates? Okay. That's a good question. So especially if you're starting. So I know Byron is starting off with eBay, right? And you know, when you first started eBay, we talked about, right? You didn't even like upload tracking. You just went to the post office. I did upload track. You did upload track. Um, okay, sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean, mean to judge. <laughs> I, I did it. I did it the the hard way though. Like I wasn't scanning the numbers in. I was literally like punching them in okay, one by okay. one. Um, and so you weren't buying the labels off. Of eBay. I was not buying the labels off of eBay. So that was the big thing. So now, I mean, if you buy it off of eBay, if the if you buy the label off of eBay, the tracking is already in there. It just Correct. puts it in there for you. Uh, if you're going through FedEx or UPS or you're you're doing it separately, maybe Pirate Ship because you're getting a better deal. Um, but Pirate Ship uploads the tracking. Does too. it? It does because okay. you print. You can import from eBay, and as soon as you do it, it'll upload it. It's pretty awesome. I love Pirate Ship. My wife's probably like screaming right now because she's like, you should know that because she does the shipping. So she knows that. Okay. Um, I, I just don't. <laughs> so here's the thing with tracking and with metrics. So on your metrics, there is a thing that says, 
you know, tracking is uploaded on time and also delivery times and all that. So if you don't upload tracking, it you have no way of making your metrics look good, right? The key thing with metrics is the more you have in your metrics, as long as you're doing a great job, the better it is for you. So the less things you have, you know, uploaded to tracking, that's going to ding you. And then it, it can't prove that you, you delivered stuff or show, things showed up on time. And so that's not going to help you either. So, yes, I definitely would say uploading tracking is a must, especially if you're trying to build, because eventually what ends up happening is, you know, you'll get comments in your feedback, which feedback's like, yeah, not that big of a deal. But if it says, hey, fast shipper uploaded tracking, like some people that are new to eBay like seeing those because they want to trust you. So on the metric side and the other side, that is a big deal. All right. looks like we have another super chat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right, I'll let you say, hey, Aaron, I know him from Instagram. He's What's been up, following us for a while. So what is the question? What are the predictions for 2020? What are my predictions for 2020 and reselling? You know what? I think 2020 is going to be a really good year. Here's why I think so. Um, and obviously, the economy can turn at any point. But right now, the economy is doing really well. Uh, and the nice thing about reselling is no matter what type of economy you're in, you're actually going to be able to succeed as long as you can pivot. But in our current market, um, there's a lot of people with ex exposable income, right? Like they've got money to spend and they're buying things that they might not normally buy, right? So they're buying collectibles, they're buying uh, odds and ends stuff. And uh, the nice thing too is the, I want I call them the younger generation, but like really like 20 to 30 year olds who are finally getting to a place where they're, they're making more money, right? They're not just like working for minimum wage anymore. So they have that money to spend. They're very big on buying used, buying used clothing, buying used items, going back to vintage stuff. And so when the people with money are the ones buying stuff and they're interested in old and it's not like it used to be, I would say, like a lot of times, like you just had to have new, new with tags. I mean, sometimes people like would keep tags on stuff because it's like, look how new this stuff is. Uh, whereas now that's not trendy, right? Like the trendy thing is um, recycle and to reuse. And so I think for reselling, as far as uh, one of the big ways we do it, which is garage sales, thrift stores, that type of thing, um, I think it's going to be really good. People have the money to spend. It's really popular right now. And like always, there's always that that worry that maybe that's going to be more competition. Maybe more people are going to start reselling. Uh, but But just think about it. It takes a lot of work. And there are going to be people who come in and they realize that they're good at it and they can make money at it and they stick to it. But there's going to be a lot of people who get sucked into the gold rush and then they're going to realize this takes more work than I expect and then they're going to leave. So you're really not creating competition. I think there's going to be more buyers, but not necessarily that many more sellers. So that's my predictions. What about you, Orlando? So there's, there's on two fronts and we kind of mentioned this on the eBay for Business podcast. So the, the one part is I think there's going to be more competition at the thrift stores, 100%, because sustainability is cool right now. It is like the thing. And especially, like you said, I feel old as a 40-year-old saying this, but amongst the younger generation, and when I mean younger, I mean all the way from 12 to 40. Okay? Mm. Yep. And so there's going to be a lot more competition at the thrift. So I think if you're doing clothing, you're going to have to find other outlets to be able to source, especially if you want to get in the vintage game. I, I don't believe that you're going to be able to just go to thrift stores every single time and find quality items. I think you, you, you know, it depends on where you're at too, you know, but I think that's going to be a thing. I think the other thing is there's going to be a higher demand for more vintage gear. Mm. I think the price are going to go up. And, and Eric had pointed out earlier, college picker about the 49ers gear right now. Yeah. Like 
in one week, in one week, jackets have gone double in price and I actually have a hustle of the week that I'm going to share next week from a buyer that flipped the Niners jacket. And that, the, I shouldn't share this. I'm going to share this now. The buyer who bought that jacket is now trying to flip that jacket for more. Yeah. I mean, if you can get on a trend, that's another thing too, is like some people are a little slower to trends. I'm one of those people who's pretty slow to trends. Um, it's like a week into it that I'm like, ah, oh, like that's a thing, right? Um, some things I catch really early, but yeah, like there were probably some people as soon as it looked like the Niners were going to make it just as an example into the Super Bowl as they're winning because you knew pretty early in that game. I don't watch much football, but it was like these, they're they're winning. Um, if people were buying stuff cheaper, knowing that this price is going to skyrocket and even once those people get it and you buy stuff and you sell it, it might skyrocket even more. So mm -hmm. you have the chance now it's more risky if you're paying way more than something is actually worth and hope that you're going to be able to keep racing to the top. Like it's going to keep going up and up. Eventually it's going to, it's going to level out and then drop. And you just want to make sure you, uh, you sell before that drop. But here, here's the beauty about if you're in the clothing game. And again, I'm not a Nostradamus or anything, but if the economy were to tank, you're still good. Mm. Right. Cause people are not, if, if in a bad economy, people are still going to want certain things and they're not going to want to pay retail. Right. Right. And so if you still have that inventory, that's a good thing for you. So, yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll be playing this clip five years from now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Never know. All right. Hey, um, we had one more question and then I want to I want to share the second story because I, I think it's an awesome story. All right. All right. Uh, question from Bubba TV 85. They said, hey, PHP, how come you guys haven't started an Amazon merch or POD site? Also, do you know what that is? Uh, print on print demand. On demand. Print on yeah, demand. Yeah. OK. As another stream of income. All right. So to be real, I actually did merch by Amazon for a little bit. I will tell you the there was a time when merch on demand was a lot. You can make good money, like you got you definitely made a lot more on royalties. And as Amazon typically does, they kept raising the fees. Where now, you know, I would say it isn't the time isn't worth it to me unless I hire a VA to be a graphic designer. I did have uh, somebody that I had worked with at the school previously who knew graphic design, and he was making shirts. And I told him we split the money, but. You know, it's just, it takes time and we, you know, actually we didn't sell a shirt. I sold, I think a couple of designs that I made myself. Mm. And so that's just why we haven't, I just haven't found it as lucrative as going to a garage sale or flipping vintage gear. Uh, because, you know, in order to make, let's say a hundred dollars a day on merch, you have to be selling a good amount of shirts. Yeah. Now, what I do think maybe this question is even going to beyond just because there is oh, there are people our own. Yeah, like our own. Like, yeah. and, and I think that is a good idea. Um, we've actually talked like there's a lot of merchandise we want to start doing. We're just really big on on like quality. We want to make sure that that what we do is quality and that we we don't send out like tchotchke stuff, even though some people like it just because it's got like a, a logo on it. But we want to have really, really nice things that people get. And so that's part of it. And then the other thing is um, I'm I do videography. I do not do graphic design. So we're actually we would love like it'd be great. I kind of jokingly mentioned on the podcast sometimes for like, hey, if there's anybody who uh, who's a graphic designer, you want to make a, a duck decoy shirt like, well, we'd love to sell it. Let's part. So if we could find a good graphic designer who wants to work with the Pure Hustle podcast team, that'd be awesome. And we have thought, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't know if Mike wants me to throw We have thought a, a, a shirt of the month club where we throw in like different sayings that we see on the podcast. I don't know. We'll see, you know, I, and, and you could always cancel after a month if you don't like our designs. But I thought that'd be kind of cool because then you would always have an original shirt each month. So I don't know. Let us know in the chat. You know, if, yeah. if, it's, if it's a go, let us know. If it's not a go, just don't let us know. <laughs> All right. Hey, by the way, hey. another super chat. What's up? What's Who's up? that? 
So this is Eclectic Elephant. What a great name. Uh, and love the live show. Pirate Ship uploads tracking. Is that a yes or no? Is that a question? They or? do. Yes, it is. Yes, they do upload tracking. And that's why I like it. Because what it does is you import from eBay when you import your listings to Pirate Ship. And then as you, you know, you print, it's like a normal. You just print it out and it'll upload it automatically to eBay. So it's really nice. Oh. So, hey, I want to uh, mention uh, somebody had left a comment about merch. I thought it was a good comment in here. John said I was big. Uh, John Blitch says I was big. Can you pull that up right there real quick? Um, scroll to, to towards the bottom a little bit. There you go. Uh, he says I was big into merch uh, by Amazon a few years ago. I haven't touched in a year and still made 22K in 2019 off old designs. Okay. Wow. Well, all right. So see, again, you got to find the model that works for you because there's still money to be made. I just know for me, it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. And you know, and honestly, like I'm just thinking, I don't know if 2020 is the year for me, but like it took me a few years to, I feel like, get good at video to do that kind of thing. I, I feel like I have yeah. an eye for it. I have skill for it. Um, I think graphic design is maybe something I could learn, but it would probably take a couple of years of like some really good work. But honestly, you're right. I think if 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 it's probably a great idea, um, if you're willing to learn Photoshop, if you're willing to learn InDesign and how to, you know, make some really cool designs, if you're creative, you got a good creative team or you're just a creative person. Uh, yeah, I bet you... Uh, Merch and print on demand would be a really good thing, especially if you're not upfronting costs. I mean, that's a win-win. It's just, do you have the skill? Right now, I know I don't have the skill, but I also know there's not very many skills you can't learn if you're willing to learn it. True. And there's an app called the Over app, which is allows you to make designs pretty easy. I mean, it, there is a learning curve to it, but there's YouTube videos on it and you could make designs. It, it To me, it's more, and this is just my perspective with merch, is that it's more of a volume game. You got to keep putting prints out there until you find those niches or those kind of shirts that people want. And, you know, maybe make it specific to something that, you know, because I, I can think of a ton of reselling shirts to make. But you got to remember the reselling community is only so big. But I've thought of education shirts. Right. Because education is a pretty big field. Right. Mm -hmm. But you you have to find what works in there. All right. Uh, story time. Story time. Are you ready for the story right, time real quick? All right. So I messed up again. Uh, this happened. Uh -oh. <laughs> this happened before Christmas, and so I sold a set of Lego toys, and I sold an empty train box, just a box, right for Lionel trains. I don't know what happened, but I switched the labels. And here's what I feel real bad about: the person that got the Lego said, "Hey, I bought this for a family in need for their Christmas present." Oh no! You're like the Scrooge, man. I know. I feel terrible. So you're like the Grinch. So what I, someone's so, Christmas. so I was wondering where the other one went. So they, so I felt really bad because they, they, and I shared part of this in another podcast, but they sent me a picture. They're like, what is this? I got an empty train box. And they, I think initially they felt scammed. So I felt really bad about it. Then the other person, you know, that was supposed to get the train box. I messaged them. I said, I said, Hey, I don't know what happened, but just give you a heads up. I switched packages. You're probably going to get a set of Legos. Could you ship those to me as soon as you get them? That was really nice. Hmm. So he shipped them back to me. I refunded both the train guy and the Lego guy immediately. So my goal was to make this right. I got the Lego box like, probably a day before the deadline for priority shipping for Christmas. And I, I, you know, I was going back and forth with the lady I was waiting for the Legos. She's like, I really don't know how to do this. I said, listen, I'm going to send the Lego box in a box and I'm going to actually print the label for you to send back that box to me 
Because she's like, I don't know what kind of box. I don't know the size. I don't. Mm-hmm. I said, listen, the box will be exactly. I know the weight. I'm gonna make a label, on, and I made it on pirate ship, which is another awesome reason why I like pirate ship because you can create where you ship from. If maybe you don't want to use your own personal address and so on, and so I created the label. I put it in the box. I said, all you have to do as soon as you get the Legos, remove the Legos, put in the empty box, tape it, put the label that's in there, and send it back to me. So she sent it back to me. Now. She got the Legos. I don't know what went down. I'm hoping the family got it. And, you know, I feel really terrible about that. So it's been a few weeks, right? And I sent the the train box back to the train guy. So I'm like, oh, well, I hope he got it. I didn't hear back from anybody. And, you know, I it's part of you wants to know, like, yeah. you know, did they get Because this here's the thing. It's a vintage box. And so if it got destroyed, that may have been the only vintage box on eBay. And the guy was looking for it for a long time. And so, so Quick says, Orlando's scaring buyers. That happens sometimes. All right. So what ended up happening is I get this letter in the mail. And I'm like, what is this letter? And I look and I recognize the name. And the name is the guy who I sent the empty box to. So I show you in the video. I, I'm just showing the address. I'm, I'm fine showing the address because that's our address. If you ever want to ship anything out to us. Yeah. All right. You want to ship something to Pure Hustle Podcast? Yeah, go ahead. You can, you can find our address there. And so I'm like, huh, I wonder what this is. All right, before I go on with the story, I want to say, hey, thank you, Allison Big underscore Drift, for also being another wrench uh, in our moderation. Yeah. So she's looking out for us. Appreciate you coming on. All right, so I get this letter, right? And here's the letter. And oh, wait, can I show? Here's the camera. There's the letter. So if you're listening to the podcast, maybe you should just, just jump over to YouTube so <sighs> you can validate that I'm telling the truth here. And it said... You know, hey, Orlando, no reason why you shouldn't be paid for the empty box. Thanks. I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. Like this guy wrote me like this is the old school eBay. Wrote me a letter. And sure enough, I don't want to show like details, but I'm going to show the other side. Sent me a check in the mail. And so the check is for the amount of the box, $16.84. So I still made my money back on that box. And so this is old school. So eBay, don't don't suspend my account for making a transaction off the platform because there's no PayPal fees on this one. And no <laughs> eBay fees. The money is all mine. All mine. Now, you, you just have been suspended. You've been kicked <laughs> off. You're going to have to find a new but source no, of income. But eBay should be happy. Why? Because there's a repeat customer now. Yep. Right. Somebody, I went the extra mile, which I wasn't doing this. I didn't think the guy was going to pay. I just felt really bad. I actually lost. I'm probably going to break even because I had to make labels for both of them. Right. So I'm probably going to break even. But, you know, it feels nice to know that somebody got the item and they actually wanted to say thank you. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Whoever you are, if you ever catch this podcast. Yeah. All right. Hey, before we move on, I just I want to talk about our social real quick. If you haven't had a chance yet and you're on this YouTube, you can catch us on various platform. We are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, and on TikTok. And some of you have come over from TikTok or on the live too, so appreciate you guys showing up. Also, we are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. Our Twitter keeps growing. Like my goal is 1K on Twitter by summer. That's my goal. So also, if you ever want to give us a call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. If you ever want to shoot us an email, we are purestpodcast at gmail.com. That's purestpodcast at gmail.com. If you ever want to write us a letter or send us a check like this individual did, you're always welcome to DM us and we'll give you the Purest Podcast headquarters address. 
Yeah. Maybe we should drop it on there. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe one day we'll do that. I always love getting stuff from, from listeners. It's pretty awesome. And last of all, if you don't want to say thank you in a monetary way, there's a PayPal link below. Or you could also drop a super chat. Yeah. And say and thank you. That yeah, that's super awesome. And then again, um, we wouldn't be where we're at without you guys. I mean, we do this show because this community is so awesome because you guys are awesome. Uh, and so, um, you know, the number one thing that you guys can do to help us out is continue to encourage us that, that helps keep us motivated. And then, um, iTunes reviews, like you guys know how algorithms are. iTunes reviews are like it, like it's the thing that matters when it comes to podcasts. So if you could just like shoot over there at some point, if you've got an I Apple account or whatever, you've got an iPhone, uh, and just leave us a few stars. You don't have to leave a review if you don't want to. Uh, but if you do, we read all of them. And we're trying to start reading a few reviews each uh, each episode or so. That way we can shout you guys out for all the love and encouragement you give us. So we really appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Yeah. All right. So, hey, if you have any questions, let us know. Uh, because we're always, you know, willing to entertain questions and answer questions. And again, we're not gurus. We'll just share what we know. And there's plenty, I would say, gurus in the chat that could help out too. Yeah, I'd be careful saying guru because I think sometimes it has negative connotation, but we have we have extreme experts, like people <laughs> who really, really know what they're talking about. Like sometimes I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about, uh, but there are people out there that really do. And so um, we, we thank you guys for, for being a part of this community. It is awesome. Uh, we got a few people who are in the chat here saying that they've like been with us since episode 10. That's amazing. No, that is pretty. If you stuck with us that long, that's ninety. That no, that's a hundred and five episodes. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of episodes. Well, thank that's you, John. That's a lot Actually, of, yeah, that's a lot of hours of us being in your your eardrums. <laughs> there you go. All right, are we ready for our next segment? Our next segment. Are, uh, do we have a sound for this? I, I think so. Let's see. If oh this, no. Let's see if we can get this I, to I, work. I, I don't. Oh. All right. If this shouldn't be played again, give us a thumbs down. That's all I'm saying. Thumbs up. Breaking news. Rolando, <laughs> what is happening out there in the reselling world? It seems like things are changing. Well, we're going to start off with... We're going to start off with... Allison, big underscore drift, dropping a super chat for $1.99, whoa, but she whoa. said not for a Diet Mountain Dew. Uh, we'll do coffee instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, by the way, I plan on writing Diet Mountain Dew, a Mountain Dew, a letter to sponsor us. Yeah, saying like, hey, we've been we've been loyally, Orlando's been loyally drinking Diet Mountain Dew on our podcast. You know, for for not even asking anything. So why don't you give us something? You know. <laughs> but Allison, thank you so much. It means a lot. Appreciate that. So not only being the wrench in in the moderation in the in the comments, but also contributing to us. Thank you so much. That's what he said. Ken Daigle said, news at six. All right. Yeah. So these these news items or these reseller topics, see, you got me saying news. So these reseller topics are kind of more like practical ones. I don't have like any news news items, but so I just noticed that eBay dropped an appraisal tool, which I thought was kind of interesting. Do you know what I'm talking about at all? Mm -mm. Okay. So. Wait, is this kind of like the thing we talked about where you could like send in like a purse and then they would like... No, no, no. Okay. No, so I know what you're talking about. That's like authenticated and yeah, stuff like that. authentication. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. So this, I thought this was kind of interesting. And uh, actually, Thrift Love Sell was sponsored by eBay, and they have a video about this tool. And I think they did a fantastic job on the video. I wanted to talk about the tool because I'm, you know, 
I'm kind of back and forth about it. I wanted to be fair about it. So there's an appraisal tool, and we'll put the link below at the end of our YouTube. And what, what, what it does is you can type in anything in this appraisal tool, and it'll tell you, you know, how many sales have, have happened and, you know, what it's actually going for. You know what I'm saying? For so, like this, for a certain type of item. Yeah. So let's say, so you, like, let's is say it doing your Patagonia that? hat, okay. right? You put in, you put Patagonia, purple mesh trucker snapback hat, and it should pull it up. Okay. I okay. So so is it like Terapeak data? It's basically okay. So, just in a different way. So that that's where I'm kind of back and forth about because we you know we always want to be real. So I want to throw it out there. I think I think it's a tool. If you're brand new, I think it's a good tool to get like a really quick reference. Right. Hey, I just want to know what this is. But, you know, one of the interesting things I, I've noticed is that the, we talked about this actually in the eBay for Business podcast. We did one about Terapeak. Right. I don't know, like a year ago, maybe uh -huh. it was a little bit ago. And what was one of the things they had shared with us, right? That we had mentioned it'd be nice if. Yeah, it's like to just to integrate it in. Like it seems weird that it's two separate things. You kind of got to go. It almost seems like when you do like a, a search for sold items, like that Terapeak data should just be there quickly, easily integrated into the app. And it's it's kind of not, right? It's like a separate thing you have to use. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really useful to use like if you're on a desktop. Um, but yeah, it would be great if just like a side thing, like once you search an item that there's just like a Terapeak button and yeah, it would give you that kind of information uh, right there inside of the app because if they're, I mean, I know systems are hard to make them talk, but if it's all databases that are connected, um, it'd be great if th they could be. And they said, I think they said that that was something they were working on, right? Yeah. And that's what threw me off a little bit because I'd rather have where I can go in the app and get 365 data in the app. Right. Because right now, if those of you that source and use Terapeak when you're mobile, like you have to go to your Safari. I go to Safari because I'm on, on an iPhone, but you go to your Google browser and you have to type in sell.terapeak.com. And then you have to click this little screen that says, I understand. And then after that, then you type in and then you hit search. Right. And I'm like, that's a lot of work. Like I had to get out of the eBay app. I had to go to a website. I had to find the web address. I had to agree to whatever on that app, mm -hmm. on that website. And then I do the search. And so I'm like, so, you know, eBay, if you're listening to us, I, I appreciate the appraisal tool, but it'd be nice to just, you have something good happening already with therapy. Mm -hmm. Like let's, let's integrate it. Let's make it happen because I, I use it. I didn't use the, the appraisal tool and I kind of found there were some things that I was kind of like, huh, this is, this is kind of interesting. So when I got on there, you know, I thought I'm going to do a test run. I'm going to see, you know, how things, how things show up on here. So I tested and I, I sold some Harley Maui shirts. So they're Harley Davidson t-shirts and they said they were from Maui. And I'm like, I wonder what this says. Well, on that site, it said that they were going for 14 to $20 used. I sold two last week for $36 each. Right. So I'm like, huh, man, I would have left money on the table. Mm. Right. That was kind of concerning. I threw in, you know, that train set I sold for $650. I don't know if you remember that was a hustle week. It said that those train sets were going for $150 to $200. That's $400 difference. Mm. So I say all this is because make sure that you use a tool that can give you as much data as possible, right? So I'm still a big fan of Terapeak. And actually, the other one I wanted to talk about was Completely. Have you heard of Completely at all? I haven't. So it's an app. It's only, and we're not sponsored by them. We don't get a cut at all. It's only $3.99. It's on iPhone. I don't know if it's on Android, uh, but on this app, it's pretty cool because you can type in stuff and it tells you the average sold price. 
It tells you how many listings there are that item out. eBay does this too, right? It tells you the sell-through rate. So eBay does this too. Onterapeak does this too. But this is all on that app, mm-hmm. right? It's right at the top. It tells you the average selling time. So for instance, I put a, a pair of shoes on here, those strength basketball shoes. I yeah, posted this I've on I've sold Instagram. a pair of those before. You sold a pair of those? Yeah. Okay. So if I were to list them right now, the average sold price would be $41.09. And then there's 190 listings. So I kind of know there's some competition mm-hmm. on there. The sell-through rate's 82%. That's really good. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, that's something I want to pick up. The average sell time, if I list it at the $41 mm-hmm. is nine days. Wow. Right. And there's 84 sellers on there. Right. So how much does this app cost? $3.99 per month. Uh, lifetime. Oh, so, and if I'm wrong in the comments, let me know. I'm willing to be wrong. But <laughs> so I'm like, Hey, he says that, but you know, like <laughs> he'll just say, you might be right. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Allison brings about a good point. She says, I think that the tool, the eBay appraisal tool is a way to bring new sellers. I agree. I think mm-hmm. it is. So this is what I'm saying is if you're new, I think it's a great kind of gateway to research, but I, I definitely want to, you know, encourage those of you that are trying to level up your reselling, like use completely use Terapeak, And hopefully one day eBay will integrate and make all this data on one app. So we're not having to use different kinds of apps to find information. Yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. But again, it kind of goes down to, I mean, of course we want things to be easier for us, uh, but we know that they can't make reselling like perfectly easy, right? Because if they made reselling like everything is is automatic, then everybody would be doing it. And the reality is it takes work. It's a lot of work to resell well. And so, uh, you know, I'm okay with the fact that I've got to go to a few different apps because a lot of people aren't willing to do that work, which means I make more money. So So. you just want the system to be bad. (laughs) I don't want it to be bad. I just, I just, I'm okay with the fact that it's not, uh, that it takes somebody actually doing a little bit of work. That's, that's okay with me. Hey, we got a, we got another super chat yeah, here. Two dollars from Thrift Apocalypse. Oh, that's a crazy name. That is, that's I like a that. Legit. All right, where can I buy PHP mugs and bottles? All right, we're still working on that. Yeah, because we're trying to make it profitable. Yeah, one one we want to make it profitable, and we want to make it quality. More importantly, yeah, we want to make it. That that's the key is we want to make it so that we're getting you something at a good price that's actually quality, right? So like I've got a mug here, and I know some people would be like, "Oh, it'd be great to have a mug." This is like a cheap cheap mug and and I, I know I shouldn't say that it's just like a logo printed on like a white mug right like I want to make like a really nice like campfire mug that's like quality fits in your hand well and if you're a coffee drinker you know you know what I'm talking about like you don't just want like the cheap chinzy mug like you want like a good quality mug um and so that's one of the things we talked about maybe doing like a partnership program where like all of our content's always free uh, but if you wanted to like help support us and do like five dollars a month or something like that where if you sign up for a program like that, just saying like, hey, we love what PHP is putting out. We want to be part of that. Like, then we just send you a mug or we send you a shirt or whatever it is that we're doing. Um, and then you're not getting any extra content because we always want our content to be free. At least now that's the model that, that that's working great for us. We want to make sure that, that you guys get the best quality. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. So keep shooting us some ideas of things that, w- that you guys would like because we want to make sure that that you guys get the best and, um, you know, we don't do things halfway. That's really big for us. That's not the PHP way. Yeah. All right. So, uh, real quick, I also wanted to talk about, so we had, we had a whole episode about returns mm-hmm. and Ryan had talked about that. Eventually I really believe that all platforms are going to force returns. Yep. And I'm finding, and some of you comment, you know, let us know if you're finding this out, but I already mentioned this in the other podcast about returns, but I find that eBay is 
I don't know if it's because of the change in leadership, you know, and I don't know if you guys saw the news. There was a big shuffle that happened too. Uh, there were some layoffs. Uh, there's some people I know that aren't no longer at eBay, which, you know, things happen. Um, you know, I'm going to miss seeing them uh, at the eBay open and so on. Uh, and there's other people that were moved up to position. So I'm not sure if the restructuring has something to do with this, but here's what happened the other day. So the other day I had sold a jacket shirt, part of this IG, I'm going to share the whole story here. Uh, I sold a jacket and I put the measurements in the listing and the person gave me a neutral feedback and said the jacket was a lot larger than the size large. I'm like, well, how, how are you going to give me a neutral? Like my measurements are in there. And so I called eBay. I'm like, hey, I really, you know, I'm, I'm hoping and this is con concierge, right? This is, you know, VIP, right? I would think this was, you know, slam dunk. So I called them like, hey, listen, I got measurements in my listing. I really need, you know, this neutral removed because, you know, people may see this neutral and may not buy. I mean, I don't know if that's the mm. case, but, you know, I like to keep my 100%. And so they said, well, we can't really do anything until you you handle the return. I'm like, well... Okay, well, I'm already I'm gonna accept the return. Why does me doing a return have anything to do with the fact that my listing was accurate and this person is putting something inaccurate in their feedback? But you know, I was nice about that. Uh, somebody somebody said they they claimed the INAD. So on mine, they didn't claim an INAD. Uh, mine, it was just they didn't claim anything. They just put it on there. <laughs> I, I don't I don't even know why. Like they didn't even message me. So. Um, Oh, we got a question I want to answer here in a little bit. And so I was I was kind of bothered and they said, hey, wait till you do the return and then, you know, we can remove that for you. I'm like, huh, that's kind of weird. Okay. So two days later, I get the jacket. Jacket is fine. I do the refund. I don't refund them shipping because, you know, I do free returns. But if if it's something that didn't fit and you didn't pay attention, like, I, you know, I have the option of not having to return you the shipping money. Mm. Sometimes I will. If it's something that maybe I messed up or something, I'm kind of like, I could see why this didn't work out. I'll be nice. And so I call eBay and I'm like, hey, I'd love to, you know, get that negative feedback removed. I did the return. Everything's been resolved. And then what ended up happening is they said, yes, we'll do this because you did the return. I'm like, what? No, no, no. Like, you mean because my med and like, you know, I thought right. I already was going to get what I wanted. <laughs> so I started questioning. I said, you mean because... I had measurements and this person left a feedback that was not true about my listing. And they said, uh, no, it's because you did the return. Huh? And I said, huh? Okay. That's kind of interesting. And they said, thank you so much for having a flexible return policy. <laughs> In my mind, I just kind of wanted to say, uh, because I had a choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause now what it sounds like I, as I, I don't have a choice. Like if I want to, have negative feedback that's you know not true to what the listing was or if i want to get a, a neutral removed like i have to accept returns and yeah. not, not only that you know i have to be willing to i don't know maybe do a, what if i did a partial return you know what i mean i, I like yeah. it kind of left me in this kind of weird limbo place and so what ended up happening is they were they, and they made it clear they said once they actually said once again, I, I don't know if they exactly once again, but they made sure to repeat. Yes, thank you so much for having a flexible return policy. That's weird. Yeah, I had a, uh, a return. It's kind of a similar situation, and we're still dealing with eBay on this. Uh, we sold a uh, a Nook 
right? And the Nook that we sold was an older model. And so we had the model number on there, all this stuff, but it was new, new sealed Nook. And in fact, I, I mentioned it in, as one of my items that like somebody returned it and like I opened it, the box, made sure that it was good and then sent it off and actually sold it for more the second time, right? Like, and I didn't even have to repackage it or anything. Cause like, as soon as we got it back, we relisted and it sold. Um, but the person who originally bought it left us a neutral feedback uh, because they said it was an older model, even though all of that stuff was in there. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's like, and they, they said in the thing, like great product, it was new just as described, but it was an old model. And it's like, wait a minute. And so we called and we were able to get that neutral removed after doing the return. But the other thing that it did was we got a ding on our account saying we didn't resolve the issue with the buyer. And it was like, we did the return like, how did we not resolve the hmm. issue? And they said, okay, it should take a couple of days for us to get this off. Still not off yet, right? So we're still dealing with um, trying to get that off. And, you know, you could say what you want about like neutral or feedback, maybe not making an impact on your sales. But the moment they took that neutral off, we started getting more sales. So, I mean. I do think it makes an impact. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, some may disagree, but I, to me, what was bothersome was like, basically my health, my store, I don't want to say held hostage, but. You know, it was kind of in the, it, I had a bad reputation for two days, right? And, and who knows? And yeah. again, I, I don't know what's going on. I just, you know, I wish they would be clearer about it. Like, right. hey, I'm all good with stuff as long as you just say straight up, like, okay, in order for you to get feedback removed, you must be willing to accept returns. Yep. Just tell me that, you know, and they do talk about that in the seller protection of your TRS and so on. But anyways... I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make this a wine session, yeah. but uh, yeah, kind of, kind of bothered me a little bit. Hey, we got another person asking for merch here. We got Eclectic Elephant oh, there. That's a second super chat from yeah. Eclectic Elephant. Which so. is super awesome. And I think at this point, like, you know, that's a, that's a very unique suggestion for a, a tank top, but you know, maybe that's an idea. Maybe, maybe we get some, works. maybe we get some, like, I resell while I run with like, I don't know if you could like put the whistling song of like whistle while you work, like resell while you run. You know, you know, this is live, right? Like we can't edit this out. Oh yeah. Hopefully that wasn't too cheesy. Just giving you a heads up. All right. Hey, and we'll make sure it's new. You know, you want to make sure that, that, that when it gets stinky, it's all from you, not from somebody else. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Hey, I want to thank you all that are still on the live with us. We have 52 people. Uh, We've gone back and forth, but we consistently have 50. And I thank you because, you know, on Saturday night, there's plenty of other things you could be doing, but you are here uh, engaging with us in the live and we appreciate that. Yeah. All right, somebody has a question for us, uh, Mr. Mom Vlog, who has commented some stuff on on Instagram. Uh, aren't you allowed to leave a response comment on a neutral feedback? Yeah, you can. I just I find I don't know. This is just maybe maybe you think differently. I always find that that's whenever you respond, it's kind of like people are like whatever. You know it, what I mean? It can be. It can be. But here's the thing, though, too, is realistically, like sometimes, like Yelp is a great example, right? You see this, some Yelp reviews where somebody leaves a review and then the owner of the place comes on and then like their attitude back towards the person is like, yeah, like I totally believe this customer, right? They're like, they were really rude there. I asked for such and such and they didn't give it to me. Like, I don't know if I'd go back. And then the owner's like, well, you were rude and blah, blah. You're like, okay. But sometimes when the responses are like well thought out and it's like, actually like they win. Yeah. You look at it and you're like, you know what? This person who left this bad review is obviously crazy, but here's the problem with leaving a comment or response on a neutral feedback like that. That might help somebody who's going into your store and saying like, Ooh, they have one neutral. Let me see. Oh, I actually agree with the seller on this one. But if it's affecting you in the algorithm, I don't know if that response or comment will make a difference. I don't know. I, I will. I, (laughs) 
I haven't been down that road. I know on Amazon, whenever I get negative feedback, I'm just kind of like, whatever, you know, because mm. you can't. Like, I find that most people don't look at feedback on Amazon unless your percentage gets below 90%. Mm. And then people start thinking it's interesting. Uh, there's some somebody in there had a question or a come. Oh, yeah. Hey, Rita, how's it going? He, Rita says, hit the thumbs up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hit yes. the thumbs up. Smash so, the like button. That's what, that's what the cool kids say. Smash that like button. Boom. Yeah. Smash I love the like. these lives. So, hey, so yeah, if you haven't had a chance, please, because, you know, that just means more people will show up and yeah. more people will watch it throughout the week. Exactly. So, appreciate that. And we just got another view. Well, we got it, you know, smash button. Yeah. Right. Smash that button. Smash that button. All right. <laughs> because it's going to drift as I'm eating tacos in the bathroom. Oh. Hey, you know, you, you, and you could be making multi, sales. You could be making sales on eBay at the same time. Saturday right? night at its finest. Plus, she's watching. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, thank you, Fernando Funky Cold One, dropping the super chat two ninety nine. Oh man, good friends of PHP. Yeah. We got to go sourcing again. So thank you so much. Almost sent you a check. My super chat. <laughs> well, I don't know. We're good. It went through. Yeah, so we're you're, good. You're a you're a you're a great person. Um, you know, you're also really willing to, we also accept checks. If you haven't noticed earlier on the podcast, we got a check from an eBay buyer. So we're also willing to accept those. Wait, remember, Wait oh yeah, IRS is watching. That is, that is true. That is true. Okay. All right. Hey, um, okay. I want to talk about another thing. So online arbitrage. Yeah, it's awesome. Wait, okay. wait, well, okay. So if you're talking like online arbitrage, like targets, I don't know. I don't do that stuff. No, no. But I'm talking about eBay online. So yes, I've done okay on that. Okay, eBay and Facebook Marketplace. So I'm slow to the party. Like I know I've seen a lot of people on Instagram doing it. And the other day we got we okay. So what what started this was we had a message that somebody was alerted to us about the fact that I was into a certain type of item oh yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah yeah no, and yeah and i don't want to share it because i've been watching that and i'm like <laughs> good for a lot i don't know if mike wanted to know. source that one but <sighs> so what happened is so we we received an email from somebody who a listener had referred them to us and said hey i don't know how the conversation went but hey these guys buy buy these things and they resell them and so you know mike and i have a shared pure podcast you know gmail and I didn't see Mike move on it. So I'm like, I'm going to move on this because, you know, Mike knows I like these type of items. Now, yeah. Let's be real. Like, like it, it's your type of item. If it was my type of item, it would have gone a different way. I would have backed we'll, up. We'll just make that like, okay, we'll just, right. this is the deal we're making right now. Okay. It's a handshake. So, yeah. and I can't share, I won't share online arbitrage for eBay because that would just flood it. And you know, yeah. then I'd lose that, you know, lose that, I guess, item that I could now, you know, make good online arbitrage mm -hmm. for. So, you know, we went back and forth, made a deal, I, you know, and they ended up shipping and arrived today. But then after that, I'm like, huh, I wonder, I, more. I wonder if there's more. So two hours later, you know, I shouldn't do that. I'm, I'm at a dinner with my boys and I did a quick search on eBay and I'm like, huh, that's a really good deal. That's garage sale prices for this item. So I bought it. And I got 11 pieces, like at a really good rate. Hmm. So then I'm like, huh, I wonder how much more there is. And here's the thing. I, I find the, that auctions are really good. If you find auctions that aren't for, I would say really trendy or hot items, right? Hmm. Because some people that may be new or some people that are just trying to get rid of stuff, they do auctions because they're just trying to move stuff. And so I got on this auction 
And, you know, I did the whole, I put the bid and I put my max bid and I got outbid right away. And I'm like, why did I do that? Yeah. Like, if you want to get stuff, you wait till the end. And there's actually people that do sniping, mm-hmm. like they, their software to yep. do that. Are you into, do you have a bot? No, I don't do that. Here? No, I, I think, I think there's two, like trains of thought on that because I've, I've been trying to do some um, eBay arbitrage like eBay to eBay sales and one thing that I've noticed is sometimes some people have the belief of they put in like close to what they're actually willing to spend but like on the lower end as soon as it's up and they don't wait to the last moment because mm-hmm. they think it scares away other buyers right like if someone's like oh man there's already somebody who's bidding on this like yeah. I'm probably not going to get this where if there's no bids all the way up to the end then you're more likely to get people who are like jumping yeah, I on it, see that. Right? it builds mm-hmm. that hype so and then again there's the wait to the last moment but uh yeah like auctions are the way to go if you're trying to do arbitrage like, I mean sometimes you'll get a good buy it now but yeah if it's something that somebody's not looking for all the time like if it's a really hot item you're never going to make it because they're always selling at a certain price but if it's like the one-offs where we sell like one every year like that's about how long it takes us to sell it and somebody's auctioning in it like you might be able to get it for a really good price so yeah so <laughs> what ended up happening is i won this auction and i probably bought this item for far less than i would have paid at a garage sale nice and, I and got, you didn't have to leave and it was multiple and so yeah and i didn't have to leave it got and shipped to here's me. the nice thing if they shipped it well, you open up the box, you make sure it's all there. You can even use the same pictures and the packaging and just put it on your shelf and you're good to go. True. Okay. That, okay. I, hold on to that. You had a great statement about using the same pictures. because That's actually next in our reseller topics. Dum, dum, is dum. Using other, now, but again, online arbitrage. So I learned from Mike, like that's something that I never thought about. Now, if it wasn't for this email coming across, I wouldn't have thought about it. So I want to say thank you, Mike, for kind of backing off of this one. And let me just uh, take over on this one. Uh, But it really worked out. All right. So the so anyways, online arbitrage. I know some of you on the comments had just I just saw a few comments that said, hey, I do it all the time. And again, here's the beauty about reselling. So the more that you resell, the more you learn certain niches. And when you learn certain niches, you have greater knowledge than others. And what that does is it allows you to go on places like eBay where you would think like everybody knows the prices on everything, but eBay is just like another garage sale or yep. flea market because there are people that are just trying to offload stuff. Yeah. And I mean, if it's a certain niche, like they're like, here's the thing. I'm, I, I'm just now finally getting into a place where I feel like I'm getting a couple of niches that are pretty unique. And I don't want to say like, they're they're not flooded because there are people in the in that market who know that the stuff is worth money because otherwise I wouldn't be able to sell the items for the money that it's worth, right? But it's not a super saturated market. And so you can occasionally get those things where, you know, if you're talking about iPhones or you're talking about like, you know, really, really popular oh, things. Tough. You're you're never unless you get one of the sniping programs. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have a hard time breaking into that. But if you can find like a very, very specific thing that not a lot of people are in. And it like, I'm, I'm now going on two years of reselling and I'm just now, I've got a couple that I'm like, I think I might be getting a foot in the door here where I'm starting to realize some prices. And it's only like once every couple of weeks that I see like a, an item come up or a few items lotted together come up that are well below market value. But because these things don't have the fastest turnover on eBay, I can s- not snipe it, but pick it up. And then in a few months, sell it for what it's actually worth, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely worth doing. I don't know. I just, thank you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Because it's something I, think about it. I've been f- serious about reselling for six years. I've been selling for 10 plus years. 
And uh, just now I'm thinking about online arbitrage. Always learning. We've got a couple of questions here um, that have come up a couple of times. So let's see what we think of Peerless Podcast. Have you guys ever listened to Mystery Box? I've never done one. Um, have you done anything? Like I that? have not. Uh, and so eBay, eBay does have policies. They don't disallow it. Their big thing is you can't, you know, you have to, you don't have to specifically say what the contents are, but you have to say what the contents are. You should actually, you know, if you Google eBay, I think it's giveaway, uh, you know, listings or something like that. It'll tell you what, what it means. And maybe we'll put it down on a link of what that is. But the key thing is you can't make it like a random chance thing that, Hey, if you find something, so there's, it's called the chance listings policy on eBay. So if you go there, it says, what is the policy? They say, they say it isn't necessary to specify the number, quality, or condition of each individual item in the contents. Singling out any individual item with significant monetary collectible value that may be included in the contents is not allowed. Mm. Right. So there, you, you can't know, say like this might have a rare Charizard. Correct. Know, right. Correct. Right. But you don't have to say exactly what everything is in there. Right. You just, you know, so read the policy. I mean, it's more clearer on there, but that's why we haven't, you know, I, I'm not a, maybe one day if like I have too much inventory, I need to offload some inventory. Yeah. People do that sometimes, but that that's, you know, we haven't sold mystery boxes yet. All right. Another question. Uh, I like this one. I enjoy your book reviews. Which book has had the biggest impact on you as a reseller? Man, I don't know. Like I would say, yeah, just look. I'm looking at the books behind us. Cause I'm like, huh? I don't know. So it, it, it's like comes into a couple things. I think like richest man in Babylon just for like practical and, and, and make your bed have been very practical. Like, what to do with money and what to do with day-to-day -day life things that just make a big difference. And those things seep into reselling. And as, as long as we've been going on this, never split the difference. What I really like about this one is if, if you do the reading on it and you, you take these little things, like I said, at the start of this episode, um, man, I actually put into practice two of the things that he talked about, actually kind of like three of the things in just one chapter and I scored, right? Like it worked. And so, um, those are things that are hard to do. And so, like anything, it's going to take work and practice. But yeah, I would maybe suggest Richest Man in Babylon if you really want some. It's just like financial wisdom. Uh, make your bed. That one was really good for like just day to day life. All the books are good. Yeah, and then uh, and then never spit the difference. So I can't really pick one as like the biggest impact. What about you? So this is going to be. I don't think you see this coming. So I think the four hour war week. Huh. And this is why it's made a big impact for me as a reseller. Like I think the other ones, like I would say, never split the difference overall. It has made a big impact. I would say Richest Man in Babylon was just a good reminder for me. Mm. But the four-hour work week, there was a discussion in there that Tim Ferriss has about if you said that you're going to get this done in two hours instead of four, you're more likely likely to get it done. Yeah. Being under a tighter time, time yeah. constraint. Yeah. And so I thought about that because that's one of the biggest, I think, hurdles. And we're going to have a full episode about you know what's it take to be a full-time seller now that I'm going to be finishing up year two here soon. And I think I have some things I could share and, and some things that I could tell people avoid this and I'm still learning, I'm failing, but, um, it's, you know, you, you think you have this time. And so you're like, Oh, you know what? This is probably going to take me four hours. Well, what if I didn't have that time and I was still a part-time seller and I only had two hours, would I be able to accomplish the same? Right. And so it's kind of this psychological kind of mind game you play with yourself because, as a full-time seller, I began to think I had more time, which I think I started losing more time, mm. right? So now I approach things and I go, 
okay, I'm thinking four hours. No, I'm going to get this done in two hours. And I've done that, you know, multiple times and I've gotten it done in two hours, which has opened up so much more time. Mm. And so that's why that book has had a big impact on me because you got to be careful. If you jump to full-time, those of you that are in the feed that are full-time, right? I think you would agree with me that you may think you have more time, but it actually becomes less if you're not productive with that time. Yeah. If you, if you don't have a specific timeline, um, there's no sense of urgency. Um, and, and I've, I've noticed that even with like grading essays, like I always use that one cause it's like the most life consuming thing ever when I get essays and it's like, okay, I've got a two week window. I have to do it. Well, even a two week window is a long time, even though it's hard to get yeah. them all done in that time. I start to like, well, I can, it's the first day I don't have to do any today. Like I still have pretty much two weeks left. And then as it gets closer and it's like, I have two days left. It's like, I've got half these essays. I have to pound them out and you just do it. Like you find the time you make it work. So yeah, putting yourself under the gun like that and really forcing yourself to do it is helpful. I like somebody said, um, eat that frog is a, is a great book. I love that book. Um, we've talked about that concept several times on the podcast, I think. And it's just such a, a good thing. Like take the hardest thing you have to do in a day and just do it first. Um, it, one, it just, you've got most of the energy when you first start. And once you get it done, then the rest of the day is like easy peasy. So like, what's the one thing on your list where it's like, this will make the biggest impact. And I really don't want to do it. That's probably the thing you should do first, because then once you're done with that, it's all good. Um, 80, 20 roll. Another person mentioned. Yeah. So like, these are all great things that, that, I mean, honestly, like the book review, I, I love it. I know maybe it's not everybody's thing, but just reading those types of things and, and, and you'd be surprised even like I'm, I teach literature, you'd be surprised like how reading fiction and seeing how other people's lives and the way they think and interact mm -hmm. with the world can impact the way you think and interact with the world. And all of those things have a part in shaping who you are. Um, and, you know, as a hustler, as a, as a reseller, you know, like there's a lot going on that you need to be aware of talking with people, dealing with things, making good deals. And the more aware you are of the world and how you interact with the world, uh, the better you're going to do in this job and in any job. So can you tell our educators? <laughs> it is, it's pretty clear. I'm trying there. to sell it. Right. All right. Hey, thank you. Ariel with grace for agreeing with me. Yes. She says definitely get where you're coming from. Orlando, you become too comfortable and complacent mm -hmm. instead of pushing yourself. Yeah. Completely agree. And that that's one of the things I want to talk about that when we talk about, you know, what to take to be a full-time reseller, because it's, it's definitely a pitfall. Yeah. All right. So you were talking about you can use the same pictures on an eBay listing. Is that what you said? I mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. So some things, have, there's been some developments now. Changes, changes in the eBay world? Maybe, or eBay is kind of reinforcing things. Okay. And so we had some people DM us and also I got to do our typical shout out to sell quick, ship quick. Uh, they had shared with me that uh, they've also heard that people, for instance, who use Lululemon stock photos had been viral listed. So their items have been pulled. And right. and so and luckily now because of the update back in the day when they Vero listed something now Vero, what that means is those of you that are new to eBay is that companies tell eBay like we don't want this product being sold or we don't want them using these words or we don't want these pictures and eBay will pull those listings. So before the last fall seller update, eBay would just pull those and they would be gone forever. Mm. Now eBay hides those. So thank goodness. And then you can like make adjustments and then relist. Yeah, you yeah. could tweak and relist. So that's kind of nice. So yeah, we, eBay still our bay. Just saying, you know, but wish they, you know, integrate therapy with eBay app. All right. Um, it might happen. <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny talking about it might happen. Somebody uh, messaged us today on the DMs on Instagram and said, hey, listen to episode 12. You guys were talking about you couldn't wait to send the offer and uh, for um, full payment. 
Yeah. Right? And because they even that's episode 12. And they said, well, at least we're 50% of the way there. Yep. But here's the thing with that one is that eBay told us that eBay open that once they go full managed payments, that this whole thing of people, you know, not paying right away will go away. Mm. So I'm hoping. Hey, real quick, Allison, before I move on to the pictures thing, Allison had said, Will there be an eBay open this year? Oh yeah. Allison Big underscore drift said that. And it's way back. We uh, we can't pull it up. It's way back earlier. So what do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, we're actually planning what we're going to do this summer. I'm trying to figure it out. And I've got some big plans of stuff I'd like to do. And and part of that's going to depend on when eBay open would happen. Mm -hmm. And so we're kind of thinking, okay, if it happens, it'll probably be around the same time as last year. But, Mm -hmm. But there hasn't been anything said about it. Here's my thought. And this is just, I mean, I could be totally wrong. I don't, what do I know? Uh, but if if it is something where eBay is looking at it like this, it wasn't worth it. This kind of was part of the old CEO thing. And like, we want to get rid of it. I feel like it would be bad publicity for them to get rid of it the year after they get rid of him. Oh, yeah. Right. So I would imagine it well, would still no, continue. No, they didn't get rid of him. He chose to go. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, so... <laughs> Um, it would be really bad publicity. I kind of feel like for them just to, to end it right there. Cause then that would cause frustration. But if it, if they end it like a year or two afterwards, if it is something that they don't feel is worth it, which I, I it seems like it, it gets more seller engagement. It gets people hyped up. It's marketing. Sure. It's probably expensive for eBay. Uh, but I mean, cause if you, if you went like the food's great, the lodging's great, like it's a great venue. Um, but, uh, I would imagine if it is going to end, it's probably not going to be this year. It'd probably be in a couple of years. But again, what do I know? No, 100%. 100%. I mean, if there's ever a time, and I hope eBay listens to our podcast, if there's ever a time that they need a, a go all out on eBay Open to validate resellers and reinforce that, hey, we're here for you, that you know we're here to stay, like this is the time. Because them not doing eBay Open mm-hmm. is kind of like, we're not here to stay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, and I also look forward to an eBay upfront in LA again. I hope that happens. Uh, somebody had commented. Okay, let's go back to the Vero listings. Mm-hmm. So somebody had said this too that eBay has been suspending people too over stock photos. I've gotten those messages too. Really? Yeah. And so, and uh, actually, uh, Funky Cold One had talked about. We talked about this two podcasts ago with Nike and so on. But the issue is, you know, their policy. So let me read the eBay policy so we're all on the same page. So frequently asked questions. What should I do if my image or text is being used by another member, right? So let's say, you know, you decided to use somebody else's pictures or somebody uses your pictures. They say, when you create listings, you give eBay and its members permission through our user agreement to use your images and product details. Your content may be added to the eBay product catalog and may be used by other sellers in their listings. You may contact the member and ask them to remove your image or text from from their listing if it is not part of the eBay product catalog. So... You can do it, right? That's basically what that says. Did I did I misread that? I mean, it sounds like that to me. It's not the courteous thing to do, and it says you can contact the buyer. But I guess ultimately, it's eBay property once you list it. Yeah, and I don't think it matters. Like for most, like if, if I, I mean, again, maybe it's that fairness thing that people would get upset with. But if I sold a, a pair of shoes to somebody for twenty bucks, and then they got those shoes and they flipped them and they sold them for forty because I was selling them for too cheap, and they used my pictures. I'm probably never going to know. And if I did look and find out, like what would the steps be for me to like complain that they use those pictures? Yeah. So I think for the most part, if you're doing that kind of arbitrage, you're fine. It's probably never going to be an issue. 
Yeah. So, and I, I think somebody, somebody who's hustled a week, I'm sharing next week, had the same thing happen. I told him to contact the eBay. I feel bad because I think eBay is going to tell him it's all good. <laughs> so, so, all right. Hey, um, somebody had said, somebody had a question real quick uh, and we'll talk more about Vero here about eBay open. They, you know, we have a lot of new listeners and new to eBay and they're wondering where they can find out what eBay open is like. So actually, cause Orlando hasn't updated the IG, uh, highlight feed. If you go to Instagram, we have day one, day two, day three of eBay open, and you can just go to our Instagram, Pures of Podcast, and click on each of those days, and you can get the Pures of Podcast perspective on eBay open. Yeah, that's true. So oh, and there's another- It was a ton of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, you, you'll, you'll find out more about it if you look at that, but I highly recommend it as as a, a seller. I mean, you, you learn a lot of things. Mostly, it's just encouragement, like you get from being around other resellers, uh, learning some things, making some connections, um, great food, uh, great presentations. It's it was a blast. Um, and then another reason why they might be out. Heather mentioned a comment here that they might be in a contract too. It's true. A lot of times those, uh, when you get a big venue like that, because they have a was it the Mandalay Bay? Is uh-huh, that where? Correct. When you do a lot of times big events and companies like that, it, they often make you do like a three to five year contract. Like you ah, have to have it true. here for Very a certain true. amount of time. So it unless it's already the end of eBay's contract with them, like they probably have to be in it, or they're gonna have to pay. To I get think out it's kind of kinda weird that we're talking about it not happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just uh, the sense that we actually think that might be a possibility. Is well, a it's concerning. weird because like last year before eBay opened, like eBay opened, I didn't even know what it was. Right. And then after going to eBay open now, like the thought of no eBay open, it's like eBay opens like a part of my life. Yeah. It makes like, I'm me planning sad. my summer yeah, over eBay open. I love seeing everybody there. And by the way, if you're wondering when the info drops, usually they, they drop it at the end of March or April. You know, the best way to find out when the info drops is to get on Instagram. Or on, to- on Facebook or on social media because that's how eBay, eBay sometimes drops information in their eBay community forum, mm-hmm. but usually they try to use you know individuals who have followers and to just push out that information. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll get the information. I don't know. I'd love to be invited back to eBay Open. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be great. sweet. So if you're listening, we're there for you, eBay. Yeah, we'd love to do a panel or something. That'd be great. All right, enough about pushing there. So all right, going back to the images now. Shameless plug. Shameless. All right, so. As far as let's say you found Lululemon or Nike or whatever Patagonia, they say, "Can I use images that I copy from other websites in my listing or product page?" According to eBay, they said no. You can't use images copied from other websites or inter- internet searches in your listing or product page unless the owner of the image has given you permission. For example, it may be considered copyright infringement if you copy and paste an image from a manufacturer's website unless you have permission. And that's what some of our uh, followers and some of our listeners have shared with us on Instagram and Facebook, that that's actually what they were told, that they're infringing on people's copyrights. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they ended up getting Vero listed. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense for sure. So anyways, I just wanted to share that because, you know, you see it all the time. I mean, you go, here's what's interesting. You go to like the big, so I'm talking about the million dollar sellers and they have all kinds of stock photos right now. Maybe they do have express permission because they're big sellers and maybe... They have a contract with that company, but well, and the other thing too, is it's not that hard to make photos that look like stock photos. Like you could do it. Like, I mean, I, I've talked about remove.bg, right? Well, the, the types of pictures you get off of there are good enough, but like the quality might not be there. You pay like, if you buy a, a subscription for them and you pay like, I don't know, it's like five cents per picture or whatever you can get like perfect. If you took a good basic picture with a good background, you can have a perfect cutout look exactly like a stock photo, right? So if you're a big company and you're selling that stuff, it probably wouldn't be that hard to, to send out pictures to someone to make them look like stock photos for you. 
So, but yeah, if you're using stock photos, so it makes sense to me if I upload a picture to eBay that now eBay owns it, but like Nike never uploaded their stock photo to eBay. Somebody else did. So they still own that picture. They paid for it. They made it right. Like that's their picture. You can't use it. It's copyrighted. But if I upload a picture of an item that I'm selling and then somebody gets that item and then they want to sell that item, well, that picture is now part of, yeah, the eBay catalog. So that makes sense because um, it belongs to that picture. It doesn't really belong to me. Which is kind of weird, though, because as educators and and I had this is this is related. So I remember there was a I think there was a lawsuit at some point in time where a student had sued a school who had used the pictures that he had taken for yearbook. Mm-hmm. And they use those pictures of promo and they, and the kid was basically like, Hey, I want, you know, what's, what's due to me. I took that picture. I'm the owner of the picture. And I think the courts ruled in his favor yeah, and, that and, he was the original author of that picture. Yeah. And, and that makes sense too, for that. Um, you'd have to have some kind of guideline that says any picture submitted, like we have rights to, right? Like that's why, that's why there's fine print on everything. Like when you get hired somewhere, when you, when your kid goes to school, there's always like a handbook thing and you have to sign a page on it. And there's like lists and lists and lists of things that who reads all of it. Right. And it's usually stuff like that. Like we own content created by Mm -hmm. students here, like any work that's made, like we have copyrights too. So uh, I'm sure that, that, that if they didn't have something like that, that that makes sense. Well, I just remember because after that we had to implement a policy and we had to get everybody to sign on that any pictures that are taken are not the property, blah, blah, blah. So, hey, I, great comment in there from, if you want to throw that up real quick, the Flipping Hustler. Thanks for commenting. Uh, they said, I've never even thought about, let me see you get it up there. I've never even thought about copying photos. Wouldn't that open a door for INED? And I think that's a great comment because, yeah, because, you know, unless it's something that is new, like if you're dealing with any kind of vintage now, stock is going to be all new. But still, there might be a discrepancy or there might be something that's missed. And that can cause you an INED, right? I'm always a fan. Like it's your own pictures. And especially when you're dealing with secondary stuff, you know, unless it's kind of like Mike said, a scenario where you bought something from someone and use those pictures, it's exact item. That's what I'm talking about. Like, so like, I I wouldn't like be, if I, if I bought a mug from a thrift store, find somebody selling the same mug and copy their pictures, I would never suggest anybody doing that. But if I bought the mug off of eBay and it got shipped to me and I open it up and I look at it and I look at the 12 pictures. That and it's somebody, the same mug. And it's the same and everything's in there. I, I don't see any reason why I'd have to take those 12 pictures again if they did a good job. Like if they were like, <laughs> did as good as I would have done, I'm good to go. I'll use the same packaging if they use, if they packaged it well. Um, so if it's the exact same item that was pictured, I'm fine. But if it's a similar item, it's like two different mugs of that with the same brand and same. No, I would never copy that. So, But let's be real. Any kind of online arbitrage, usually the person hasn't taken good pictures. It's true. I mean, <laughs> especially if you're picking it up on an auction for way less than it's really worth, the the pictures probably aren't as good, but hey, packaging, packaging's good. Or even description, like maybe they did a really good job describing everything, right? And you're like, man, I don't ever go into that much detail. Here we go. Copy some of that. As long as it's not that HTML template that has like 10,000 facts. Again, they're, those are pro- still around. They're probably not selling it for for cheaper though. But yeah, those are weird. Well, that that used to be the thing back in the day. Like some people had like Christmas lights that were blinking and Mm -hmm. animation and everything. And then eBay changed all that. All right. So that is what I have for current topics. So we will close with that. Hey, if you have questions, though, let us know. You know, we'd love to answer any more questions. And uh, are you going to play? Are we playing something here to end this up? Here we go. Oh, that might have been a little too quiet. Let's try that one more time. Let's try one more time. It's time for. Sorry. (laughs) 
It's all good. We're, we're live. Yeah. All right, it, it's time for our bolos. Bolo. I want to give mine first, just because mine is super generic. <laughs> it's like super, like next level. But this is just something that Orlando is learning. No, that's good though. Generic can be really good, especially honestly. Sometimes too specific isn't the best. So, so we'll go with that. lately, I find that I'm selling a lot of junk, like like real junk. So. So, so the follow is pick up junk. Yes. Like just get as no. much junk as you can get. List the junk. It'll sell. Bolo, pick up junk. If it's bad, pick it up. All right. So, so here, so I'll give you an example. Here's what happened. So I bought, did I ever tell you about that stereo amp that I bought that would always, every time I turned it on, it would start smoking? I think so. Okay. So I shared a few podcasts ago and I was really worried because I'm like, what if I sell it and somebody's house burns down? Right. And so I'm like, you know, but I don't want to lose money. I dropped $45 on this. So I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm just going to sell this. And my title, I'm going to put for parts or refurbishing and might burn your house down. No, no, no. So what I did is I cut the wires completely out. Like in order for them to get it to work, they're going to have to like do some work. Well, I sold that piece for $90 plus shipping. I still made profit on it. So, so you intentionally damaged it more. Hundred percent. Interesting. That so, might be a strategy. No, no. But I'm telling you, like, so this is what I'm gonna say. Okay, this is a weird bolo, but bear with me here. I've had a couple items that I couldn't test. Like, for instance, I had one. It was like a coffee machine, and the the plug for it was some super like you need a lot of voltage. Okay. I don't know. You don't have to. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't think like you're a, normal it, it, three like prong. A two, like a 240 or whatever. It was, yeah. It was something like that. So I'm like, well, like I want to sell this, uh, but you know, I don't know what to do. I can't test it. Blah, blah, blah. I have a generator with one of those. You can come up by my place sometime if you need to. I, I might do that. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Maybe we'll make that alive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's, it's heavy. So, what ended up having? Hey, what's going on, Amy Lee Monroe? She says I pick up junk. She's been a listener since day one, so yeah. just want to say thank you for showing up to live. So, all right. Um, so what happened is I, I had this machine. And I'm like, I can't test it, but then I was worried. You know, what if this thing they plug it in and it works and so on? Now you can listen for parts, but what I've noticed is I've sold a lot, a lot of machines faster lately because I've put words like to be refurbished or for mm. refurbishing. So it's kind of like, it's not completely broken. Right. It's like, you can still buy it. Right. But I've had other items. So I've had some electronics that I kind of was like, okay, it kind of worked, but I'm kind of just concerned about it. So, you know, and, and I, I didn't want to have any problems. So I kind of just, just sold it. Just, you know, I cut a cord or I did something. To to be able to put that in the title, you know what I mean? Yeah, and maybe you know if, if someone's like a fixer upper and they like to work on projects, like, and you got something that's kind of cheap, maybe just like take some pieces out of it and like now it's like a a a a, a hobby for them. Like, well, okay, here's here, something for you to do. But here's a, here's the other part I wanted to add that there's been some other parts and we've talked about parting out, but it's been kind of that where even though the item worked. I still like broke it to get the other pieces that sold for more. And then I sold the other piece and I just said refurbished missing parts, mm. even though I was selling the parts. 
So anyways, I don't know if that's a great bolo. That's just something I've been experiencing lately is that don't give up on items. If you buy something and it's not working, you can still make work. And if something is working, but it's like really malfunctioning, just break it. Just break it more. Just break it and then sell it for parts. Because worst thing you want to do is go, you know, this thing is like kind of crazy. Like, I don't even know if I want to list it. Okay, well, take the crazy out of it and just list it. You know what I mean? I don't know. That just seems weird to me. Like, if you're already selling it for parts, like, I don't know. If you're selling something for parts or refurbished, like, it's on them if they plug it in. Like, they're already going to be working with electronics and, and wires. And if they don't know how to do that stuff, then they shouldn't be buying an item for parts anyways, right? So I think that's overkill. I think it's a, I think you probably could have got just as much not cutting the wire. Um, but I don't, I don't know. know. I was if, just if worried. it helps you sleep at night. I like, was worried about this person turning it on, going to sleep, and then the house being burned down. I mean, I get that. I guess I, mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, I this thing would. I mean, I have video. It would smoke every time. Like literal smoke would come out of this amp, and I'm like, this isn't good. But I can't lose money on this, and I don't want to. I don't want to listen as this. So I went in there and I just, I ripped out stuff and it worked. Like you ripped out stuff or just like the main power cord? <laughs> I ripped up some wires. You just random wires? I ripped up the wires that where the smoke was coming from. Oh my gosh. But hey, but it sold. Oh my gosh. It sold. All right. Oh. So anyways, hey, if anything, if this bowl doesn't work for you, Blackberry Thistle Tea says Orlando cracks me up. So at least you got a good laugh out of this. Yeah. They're laughing. They're laughing with you, Orlando. They're not <laughs> laughing at you. Don't worry. You can laugh at me. I'm good. I just, I. It's it, here's the thing. It's opened my eyes to more junk. So here, hey, wait, Eric says something. Send all broken vitamins to me. Yeah, it is true. Eric can fix them. So he knows how to work. Man, actually, I sent a broken one to Eric, and now he has a full-powered Vitamix. So just saying, just don't don't give up on stuff because I so many times remember when I first started reselling, I, I was like, I just felt overwhelmed, and I'm like, I'm done with this. Mm. And had I just gone, hey, this thing is comping for four times if it's working, maybe it's going to comp for half that amount not working, mm. you know? So just keep an eye for junk. Yeah, man, that is the, the worst bolo I think I've ever given. Yeah, and if it's not junky enough, just break it. Make it more junky. This is coming from Orlando. Like, break your stuff and then sell it. Like, if you're ever worried about something causing a problem, just break it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All, all right, right. Okay. this is live. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Um, Kent, Kent said this is a train wreck for sure. <laughs> yes, perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. Hopefully, so, Mike has something better for us. So my bolo, um, and I'm gonna pull up the 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 brand of the specific one that I bought, and maybe I, I didn't do enough research to say if it's just this brand. So I'm I'm gonna give a generic bolo, but I'm gonna give an example of one. Um, so I picked up a. Uh, it was a vintage McGill adjustable paper drill. And a paper drill is a nice way of saying a three-hole punch. Oh, really? It's a three-hole punch. That's another word you can use, paper drill? Uh, and I guess that's how you know it's really vintage is like they were calling it paper drills, right? Okay, okay. But it was it was actually really neat because this was like new in box pretty much. Uh, I, I think it like it was open, like the box was open and like, but you could tell like it had never been used. Uh, and I picked it up for like $3 and it was heavy. It was really, really big, um, kind of a heavy paper drill, three hole punch. And it, uh, it sold right. Like for, I think like 40 bucks or something like that, plus shipping. And this is not the first time I've sold like vintage office stuff. 
And I think what it could be, and this, these are the types of things that like you'd see in like your grandparents' home, right? Like remember when you go to your grandparents' home and they'd have like a room and there's like all their office stuff. Oh, it's like old, all the time. I look for this stuff. Right? So if you can find like vintage office type stuff, like whether it's staplers or three hole punches or um, like tape dispensers, those types of things. Some of them, obviously you got to do your research. They're not all worth money, but I, what, what it could be, I don't know if it's like people who are looking for them because they're vintage and they want like a specific model because it's really good. Or I, I really think, and I've noticed this with, with some people who are older is like, they had the one that they liked and it's like, they could go to Staples and buy a new three hole punch, but it's like, no, like the one I had was really good. And so they're going to get the exact same model. I mean, I've sold a fax machine that was like that. It was an old fax machine, but the person wanted it because that was the fax machine they had like 15 years ago. And so it's like, but I, that's long tail though. Right? It is. It, I mean, it can be this, this, uh, paper drill, adjustable paper drill, uh, sold within like a week of listing it. So I, I don't know. I might've listed it, uh, too cheap. I don't know, but I mean, I was happy with the profit I made, but it's nice to know that, you know, like you said, estate sales, a lot of times I'm like estate sales. I feel like I'm just walking through junk, right? Like where it's just like clothes that like, I don't know, unless it's like a really good brand, you know, but office stuff. And these are things that are at thrift stores all the time. Look for the vintage stuff. And I just think about it. I mean, I guess it depends on your age, but think about what your parents, your grandparents had. And a lot of times when they're going on eBay and buying stuff, they're looking for the exact same model as the one they had. Not all the time, uh, but even if, the, like, I think my generation, we're looking on Amazon for whatever's the newest with the most reviews, but there are people who they know what they like, they like what they know, and that's what they're getting. So uh, definitely check out, somebody mentioned Rolodex. Also, those are great. Um, yes, Ken did. Yeah, Rolodex sell, so yeah, that's so. good. Okay, can I redeem my bolo? I want to redeem my bolo. Let's, <laughs> All right. What do you think? You want to do another one? I want I want to do another one because now I did. Is this one broken? Now, Allison, they, break they make me laugh. She said, lawsuit or bolo, you decide. Okay. It's great. That's great. All right. So, um, <laughs> the Pippin Hustler said, Pippin Hustler said, maybe I should drop it and burn it out. Oh, is that the mug? Somebody had said, I'm going to smash a mug and just sell it. Is that work, Orlando? Great. Look what I started. Okay. A tape recorder for parts. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> all right and this is live of all the episodes for me to drop a bolo that is obnoxious it had to be on a live didn't it all right are you saying this is the only time this has happened uh, I, that's what i'm saying okay so here's the one so again when i go to estate sales i do love going in the office section i know exactly because mm -hmm. i've picked up so for instance um electronic staplers mm -hmm. those sell for money yep Right, the and the older models, people still want those. Mm -hmm. Kind of interesting. Pencil sharpeners used to be a thing. It's not a thing anymore as it used to be. There used to be some Panasonic ones that you could sell for good money. But the one thing that I've always and I, I always looked out for that I think people don't pick it up because it ends up being you know the shipping gets kind of obnoxious right. is these uh, paper cutters. So there's these Boston paper cutters, and usually you see them at a thrift store for like five bucks. Sometimes you can pick them up at a garage for for a dollar. And they sell for they sell for decent money. It depends on the model, so you got to be careful on what model you you buy because some sell for fifteen and some sell for fifty, right? And so just be aware. But what I what I find with these is that usually they're great. It's just it's some teacher that just didn't want to use it, or it's some school that donated them, and there's no longer a need to use them. So I'm trying to look up something really quick here to give you a better picture. So. I'm looking right now on eBay, right? There's some that sell for 30. There's some that sell for 15. There's some that sell for 40 to 50, right? But as long as you, you know, you're paying a dollar, $5, 
these have been kind of a quick flip. So, anyways, I would say yeah. So older, you just destroyed somebody's niche right now. That's what I'm. No. <laughs> yeah, but how do you? I mean, how do you? Find, I mean, we had these. I remember at the teacher's office, like when they got rid of this. Actually, I took it. I flipped mm-hmm. it. Because they didn't want it. They were going to throw it away. Mm. So I'm like, all right. So it, it's not a high paying niche, but I do find that these are quick. Because remember, if you're a school that's on a budget, right, you only have so much to spend, you're going to go to eBay uh, to buy stuff. So, yep. anyways, that is a. Hey, by the way, people are dropping bolos in yeah. the chat. So check those out. I love that. And saw that even another comment on another video. Um, somebody mentioned uh, Ray Dunn. Uh, so checking out certain items there might be something to. to it's always good when you can learn new niches, it, it's great. Um, you know, cause it's so easy to get locked into one thing. And when you can kind of expand and, and learn a new niche and figure out specifically which ones are selling. Um, and Ray Dunn, you gotta be really careful about yeah. though. I have a, I have a former student of mine who got interested in reselling cause she mm-hmm. found out I was reselling and she picked up like, hun- I don't know, hundreds, but a lot of Ray Dunn. And now she still has a lot of Ray Dunn. Mm. So, you know, you gotta be careful, but yeah, we actually had a hustle of the week. Somebody had bought. Some kind of mug, Ray Dunn mug for five bucks. It was a vintage one, like back in summertime in 2000. That's kind of not vintage, but, and they sold it for like, I don't know, it was three, four hundred dollars. Hey, it's over 20 years. Isn't that what eBay says is vintage now? Yeah. Well, yeah, but this was in the 2000s. We're not at, oh, okay. I mean, unless it was like 2000, you know, like, right. right after the turn of, you know, January, January yeah. 1st of 2000, this item came out. It is now officially vintage. So anyways, hey, speaking of bolos, I'm going to repeat this one more time. Playoff gear. If you have playoff gear listed. So for instance, I just sold right now while we're on the, I want to verify Mike. Do you see what just sold? Mm. Right. Jerry Rice, black football Jersey. I liked how you said Jerry. Jerry, like <laughs> Jerry Rice. No, Jerry Rice was the man. It number was? eight, except yeah. when he went to the Raiders, man, that guy. Anyways, no, no offense. We just to any lost fans. a whole bunch of fans right now. Thanks for a long time. Yeah, but they're Raiders. I thought we weren't supposed to be political. Oh, here you go. <laughs> we're talking not about political sports. All right. But Hey, just sold it. So this this jersey, I seriously had this jersey in the, a hidden death pile. So I don't even know why this ended up in the back of some closet somewhere. But I found it the other day. I'm like, I need to list this. So I listed it literally two days ago. I paid, I think, $2 for this jersey at Garage Sale. And it flipped for $40 plus shipping today. Nice. So anyways, Good get that, that, that Super Bowl gear up because it's selling. All right. What are you looking forward to, Orlando? <laughs> As we're wrapping this up. Hey, by the way, thank you guys. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for sticking with us through my terrible bolo. I appreciate that. So, um, so next week is tax time for me, meaning that I have set aside time to finalize my taxes Mm. so I can get onto my tax person. Nice. And, um, a couple of things I'm, I'm happy about in comparison to last year is that I used my IQ all last year. So that was a big help. Uh, we also have everything documented on Instagram. So if there's ever any garage sales that I forget, forgot, or there's any bulk buys that I forgot to mention in my, you know, cost of goods, I can throw those on there. So I'm not like, I got to tell you, like if you go full time, one of the, one of the things you should think about is the taxes because it's, it's, it's not nice. They're the government doesn't like you being an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotten yeah. better yeah. and especially in the last few years, it's gotten better yeah. because there's some nice deductions and so on that you can take. Uh, but you know, it, it definitely is a shift. So anyway, so I'm, I'm going to be taking care of that and I'm looking to be at 1900 listings by the end of the week. I've actually been building the listings. I have a lot of inventory. I have had some good sourcing opportunities. Do it recently. two hours. 
<laughs> two hours. Well, the problem is, you know, it's a two-edged sword. Like you want so many listings, but you also want a ton of sales, right? Yeah. And so you end up, you know, either way you're playing this battle. So getting to a certain number is kind of tough, you know, if you're having good sales. So that's what I'm trying to do. How about you? I am looking forward to gosh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to a lot. So I'm 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 back now. I'm like a normal week, so I can get to some thrift stores and some garage sales. And the more I've been doing this, like Facebook marketplace and eBay arbitrage, um, it's a slow trickle for me. Like I'm only getting like one or two things each month. Right. And I want to kind of ramp that up to where I'm getting like four or five items each month and then maybe break into another niche and I'm getting 10 items each month because each one of these things, it's like a guaranteed profit. Like I know like you go to a garage sale and sometimes like you're doing research on the spot and you don't really know. The nice thing is you got time to do research. You can really figure out numbers. Like if I buy it for this price, I could sell it for this price. I'm going to make this much. And this is what the shipping is. And you have a much better idea of what you can negotiate and where your wiggle room is. And so you almost never get a bad deal. Right. And if it's, if it's Facebook marketplace, you actually get to go look at the item. And if there's something messed up, you know, you're not picking it up. So there's, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully doing more of that um, and just proving that even on 15 minute breaks at work, I could be searching for a couple of items and making money, you know? So. You know what? I got to tell you, it's, it's funny. So I want to encourage all of you that are new to reselling. You can really learn quick. Like you can figure this out. Right. And, and Mike, to me, Mike is where it took me three to four years. Mike got there in a year. And now, granted, Mike is a is a different kind of human, but well, and and I had a lot of help, right? Yeah, you did, you did, but you know, I also had some of the same tools. I just, I, I, I guess, I guess a part of it is there's a lot more knowledge out there. So, you know, if you're new, don't be discouraged because you can definitely make this happen. I would say eBay fit to Amazon. Amazon's a whole different beast. Amazon is there's so much misinformation out there, but eBay it's pretty much search comps. Find stuff, take a look at how long things to sell it take to sell and make that profit, reinvest and do it over again. Right. Yeah. And then as you expand your knowledge base, you can keep doing it over and over and over again. Hey, thank you guys. Somebody, uh, Anna Pumman said you guys should make all your update episodes live. That would be awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the live needs to be like occasional. I'm thinking maybe once a month. How does he, that He's sound? worried about what I'll say. I, I don't know. Well, let's, let's not say that yet because, you know, I don't want to let people down. So, you know, yeah. let, let's, let's under promise and then over deliver if we can. Yeah. Uh, okay. So once a year. No. <laughs> you said under promise. No. Okay. We'll, we'll make it more. We'll make it more. And uh, hey, but anyways, appreciate all of you that were on this live. 56 of you stuck with us on a Saturday yeah. night. And we appreciate the encouragement. We appreciate the love and the support from episode one into episode 115. Yeah. And with that being said, hey, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.